Thank you for tuning in. This is episode one of the Creepcast, hosted by me, Rick Creeper. So thank you for tuning in. This is something very new, a new journey that I'm taking upon. I'm sitting here with a good friend of mine, who is going to be my very first uh, guest. You know him as Scaredy Cat. He is a infamous YouTuber, haunt enthusiast, and just all-around good guy. And so uh, his real name is Justin Vasquez, who I know as, but he's known in the haunt community and YouTube world as Scary Cat Vasquez. So uh, how's it going, Justin? Going good. I like how you added infamous. I never, I've never had anyone put that in front of my name before. <laughs> well, it could be this janky MF. Janky. This, this, this bad luck, janky ass MF. This round and brown wannabe YouTuber. Eventually, eventually, we'll, 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 we'll. we'll We'll go down that road, what MF means and janky and bobblehead and all that. But anyways, so uh, for people that don't know me, well, obviously, you know me, you're listening to this for a certain reason, friends and family and whatnot, but uh, Justin, and I always call him Justin, I don't call him Scary Cat, but Scary Cat has been involved in the haunt community for some time now, and, and he is also he's a YouTube influencer, and for people that don't know him, go and follow him on Instagram. Where can they follow you on Instagram? Instagram is Scary Cat Vasquez, excuse me, sorry. Scaredy Cat Vasquez, all one word, and uh, Scaredy is, uh, Scaredy Cat is spelled, um, is spelled together, so it's S-C-A-R-D-E-I-E, and then cat. Um, I couldn't get Scaredy with a Y, because someone already <laughs> had that. It was like a cat channel. Okay. Like, yeah, so I had to put, like, make my own little, little play on it. And I think, like, oh, with the I-E, kind of, like, a little cute. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like it's adorable. Almost. It's still it's still adorable, but that's still like you're still involved like in spooky stuff. So. Yeah, it's like misleading almost. It's like oh, it's cute, but it's like oh, it's like some creepy stuff on here, man. It's all scary cop Vasquez. Yeah. I'll I'll put the description also um and the description of your where they can find you um on your YouTube and Instagram as well. Um, not only you're involved in YouTube, but um you discovered photography recently. I did. Um, that just came along with doing YouTube, uh-huh. messing around with lighting. Uh, like how to get the perfect angle because sometimes I wear my glasses so I'm messing around with the light and how to get that right which I still haven't mastered um, and uh, like you know just like doing like uh, remote locations instead of thinking like you know instead of filming here like I would like to like take a picture you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. and it was like you know I finally like I broke down I spent whatever little money I had left over and I it was a it was a cheap it was a good deal the guy was selling it like really cheap it was the Canon Rebel T3i that you yeah, always dec- see me with it's a decent camera it's a really good camera and um, the guy was selling it for really cheap and I talked him down twenty dollars even more mm-hmm. you know so it's it was it was a good deal and I just went there and I was just like you know what I'm gonna really mess around with this and then boom and you know I just I just been having fun with it we obviously me and you have been going yeah. out yeah um, anything that you discover new like hobbies or interests or just mm-hmm. even like work sometimes you just have to get your feet wet yeah. just, uh, you learn as you go exactly um that's that's the cool thing about the journey like you buy the camera you buy something new or used or whatnot mm-hmm. and then you learn different lenses different filters accessories monopods Editing tripods it's been like the most fun like i love like when i take a picture because i like well, as soon as i look at it through my camera i'm already thinking about what to do for editing so you, do you feel like you have an eye for it already? Like you could, I don't want to say I have an eye for not, it. Not, okay, not necessarily eye, but you have your own I interpretation. I have a very interest into it, and it, it's something that brings me joy. Like, you know, some people have hobbies like, I like to make model cars, or like... Uh, I like, like to craft and make cake pops. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, some of them that they look forward to coming home to and just right. like, I just want to sit down, 
well, put on like some music, you know, after I already get done with all my adult stuff, and mm -hmm. just sit back and I edit videos and photos. That's what I like doing. The cool thing about that, and, and I can tell just by the way you talk about not only your YouTube channel, which is very influential in the haunt community. And what I mean by the haunt community, it, it's, it's, you know, the theme parks, the haunts, the independents, the, the immersives, the extremes, uh, the home haunts. Even the stuff that happens year round, like theatrical performances like the Willows or, or um, Zombie Joes. Um, you're not doing it for monetary reasons. I hate, to, I hate to use that word. But if you got paid, it'd be nice. Oh yeah, who wouldn't love to get paid? You're doing it because you have, you have an interest or a passion for it. Exactly. Like at first I was doing it just to make memories, which I still am because no mm -hmm. matter what I'm doing, I'm still going to look back on it and be like, oh, I remember that day, mm -hmm. you know, but I was just doing it just to make a random YouTube video. And, um, you know, it was just going to be like, oh yeah, come watch me get scared over here. But then I started like actually meeting these people and talking to them and realizing yeah, these people are really passionate. I don't need to be in front of the camera all the time. Like, yeah, I'm like in front of the camera because I'm like the clown and the one that like, so makes you laugh. Originally, it was the persona of, of Scary Cat. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm the host. I'm going to show me a little bit more yeah. at, at, at an interaction. or Kind of like what you normally see like with, when like YouTubers go to a haunted house. You see them. Them. That was the, the original idea. But then when I actually got to meet these people, I was like... Like, you know, like, uh, can I cuss on here? Like, Go ahead. Yeah, like, 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 fuck me, dude. Like, you know, these people deserve oh, the spotlight. Me. I know, right? <laughs> these, people deserve, these people deserve the spotlight, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'll do whatever I can. I had no platform at all, mm -hmm. you know? And, like, I wanted to my own horn, but, like, you know, I, I, I have a good amount of followings. Yeah, you know what I mean? Of course. Um, I'm totally blessed, and I appreciate every single one of the people that follow me and, like, like you know, comment and, like, let me know how much they enjoy watching my videos. Mm -hmm. And it's now that I do have a platform, I try really hard to go out of my way and do whatever I can to even provide this platform for other people. Because these people in the haunt community, they're, it's just like me. We all, we mostly do not get paid for this. I haven't made a dime off of YouTube. Exactly. Most of these people, when they first started, they didn't make anything. They just kept doing it because they loved it. They wanted to see how far I can take them. I think the majority of people that do this, any, anything artistic, mm -hmm. artistic outlet, they're not doing it because, oh, I can't wait to make money. Exactly. You're doing it because it's a hobby. Exactly. It's, it's a way of, to, to not vent, but a way to like um, unwind. Yeah. Because sometimes you have like, you can be a painter, you can be a graphic designer, you can be a guy that is into woodwork. It's just for me, um, my grandfather was a carpenter. And I think I talked about it on your, um, your video podcast. He made me Halloween, he made me tombstones out of wood and all that. And um, he saw satisfaction building furniture and doing things like that for like his grandkids, his kids. And it's it's a trip because my mom, and this, this has nothing to do with the haunt community, but I'm, I'm gonna invent a little bit. Well, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ramble on. Um, he built my mom some like oak furniture for her wedding. And dude, that was stone ages. I swear to God, we had that damn furniture up until about 15 years ago maybe. And the fact that he handcrafted it by hand, he had a passion for it. But then also, he was so good at what he did. He worked for uh, a union, uh, a union carpenter that manufactured custom furniture, and he worked during the retirement. But like you said, you saw a different light in these people. And you're like, hey, these people in the Hong community, they're very passionate, they're very yeah. involved. And a lot of them do because, not for money, because it's it's an art form, and they get they get they get satisfaction from it. And especially the independent haunts. Mm -hmm. Because the only thing that they look forward to, because like most people say, like, well, if they don't do it for money, why do they charge for tickets? Well, you gotta realize how much it costs to build a haunt. Yeah. 
you know you got to buy wood you got yeah, exactly. electrical there's material you got to lease a place if, if you don't exactly. have your own property um insurance 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 companies really like kind of like like uh charge a lot for haunts because they realize everything is a risk because if it's just walking through somewhere it's fine it's like let's say if it was just a museum it's fine because no one's gonna get scared but when people get scared mm -hmm. you either have like the fight or flight people you got like you know people that pass out and they can fall over i totally forgot you know? it, it didn't dawn on me um until so miss summer screen just passed but we talked the hell out of it already yeah um when i was helping out sinister point with the ready or not experience i got there early and you know the structures are, are temporary I, I totally forgot that the fire marshals have to come in every so often. They got to do their walkthrough. They got to make sure they use the code, and they get temporary. They get temporary permits, I believe, to have those, those those temporary structures. And I was like, "You're right. I totally forgot about that." So there's a lot of finances involved. You know, yeah, some of the independents, some of the bigger independents are trying to make money, but also like, um, good example. Someone I talked to this weekend, you know, who's up there in the industry. Um, he invested so much in his recent project a lot of the, the, the core and props he had mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me was from his own personal collection really? the simplest thing like the book from uh, the necromonican from like um evil army of, yeah evil dead or like a, a statue of pazuzu from like the exorcist or like i think you know what i'm talking about yeah killer the killer clowns he had there. that was out of his own personal collection and just different things like the the, the, um, the regan prop from the exorcist and the fact that he took something personal out of his own life they put it into a, a passionate project and when people reacted to that that was gratifying to him too but yeah. well he was he was gonna make he was there for monetary reasons but mm -hmm. to him it was very satisfying and i sat there and i'm watching this conversation he was having with the customer and you know he says oh yeah you know i'm so-and-so this and that and the customer was explaining to him how just how how amazing the whole setup was mm -hmm. you know and how the, the intricate little details like the things i didn't even notice and i was yeah. there i was there off and on working multiple nights um and the customer pointed out certain things and then he went into like yeah this is all this is from my personal collection i've been wanting to do this for years and just seeing them going back and forth you could tell that they 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 definitely appreciated each other the the the, uh, the craftsmanship of this person designed this event and the person that came in acknowledged all that yeah. that being said it's like you 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 did youtube you started youtube out of a passion correct i did i started youtube out of uh to be honest, just out of like because I just I like to be creative, mm -hmm. you know. But then I I know like at first I was just gonna do like scary stuff. Like I said, it was just gonna be me getting scared. Mm -hmm. But then I started like realizing like you know what? I hardly see anyone talking about the haunt industry. You know, like there's a few of them now and then. It's like you know most famous YouTubers will talk about them for a while, but no one like really d dives deep into all the stuff that I've been through. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And especially after experiencing Midsummer Scream, it was like no one's really talking about all this stuff, and it shouldn't it shouldn't just be talked about like once a once once a year. Mm -hmm. it should be talked about all year round. And then, of course, I met the people, and I was like, I want to turn the camera to them now. You know, I'll just be there to crack some jokes and mm -hmm. be a, like a funny little host. The dancing clown. The dancing clown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and it's and I but I, I really enjoy doing it because all these people. I've never met anyone who's like, oh, they're rude. 
with this. You know, I've, I've met nothing but the nicest people. Right. Me and you have not even known each other for a year. Well, it's going to be a year. We're going we're gonna to talk about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll and it's like, <laughs> I, I know I'm not kind of jumping ahead, but it's like. You know, that's going to be a year next month. Yeah, next month. It's going to be a year. That is crazy. And Well, um, actually, no, this month, because we started, um, Hunt started last year on the 27th. Yep. It was a Thursday night. I don't remember if you came in. It had to have been early October. Yeah. So. It was like mid-October, actually. Okay, was it? Yeah, because I remember um, uh, Halloween Psychos. Shout out to them. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they gave they gave me my lady a free ticket. Mm-hmm. So we went. And, um, they gave you free tickets to... Uh, Sensor Point Scary Place, correct? Yes, sorry, okay. I should have been more specific. No, Thank no you. worries, dude. We're like, we know what we're talking about. They're like, yeah, what are the you viewers dumb, are like, what are you, what? The whole mother heifer's talking about. They're like, this is some bullshit. And yeah. Um, yeah, and then we went, and then of course, the first maze we go to is Evil on 2, mm-hmm. which is the one you were there, and then that was when, like, the notorious story of where you scared me. So, and so, I gave, I gave my, ex- my experience and what I saw yeah. just in the line. So, so we described like my perspective, me looking at you. Yeah. So, so when you were in line yeah. and waiting, you were in the general admission line. Mm-hmm. What was your impression? I honestly, I don't even remember Veronica being there because I was so focused on you at one point. Okay. Like she kind of blended in with everyone else. So yeah. Explain. I want Scaredy Cat to explain his experience running into the security guard. Well, when we first went up there, like I was kind of thinking, like Evil on Two, like what did I like? Because I remember reading the thing on the website it said it's gonna be on the second floor. What are we doing on the first floor? Though? Right. So I was, like, I was like freaked out, like what if it's like some type of ride? Like oh my god, like I was, my mind like really like like goes off. There wasn't there you know was I mean? detail. It was a hotel, but there was no description of like the whole elevator. There yeah, there, was, yeah there was, all it said was like you're on the second floor and this is going on in this hotel mm-hmm. and so I was, but I was thinking the entrance is on the first floor though right how are we getting from here up there it's up there so I was like kind of freaking out about that and well, um, what do the entrance look like the entrance just look like just double doors like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean like um, if they were closed and there was no line you would probably pass it right you know but because there were people there's a line of people out there mm-hmm. and the signs were right there too um, I remember there was some up lights like red or blue or green and blue and lights the inside yeah. I mean, so like once you, because everything else was like the way the, the, the like it's like white. You yeah. Know what I mean, the white paint. But then it's like, it was like a transition into a whole nother place. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you, well, the double doors are open, but like, let's say if you didn't, if they weren't open, and as soon as you opened up, you, you go through the white doors and come into this red, bluish, dark industrial mm-hmm. back of the mall type of thing, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and it was just really creepy because it was an actual like uh, storage elevator. It was like it was like a, a freight elevator. Or a freight, I'm sorry. Yeah. The same thing. Okay. Um, it was the freight elevator and like in the warehouse. Yeah. And they just kind of blacked everything out and put these red up lights. Yep. And that big that big band music, 1940 music, was on a loop. Mm-hmm. And that white noise occasionally would kick in. Kick yeah. in. So before you walked in and you're waiting in line, I kind of swore I saw you like, like. Did come in and like tell people like how many in your party yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean so I saw I was looking at you and I was like oh this guy like, you know he's like a security guard because it's like mall right. needs security <laughs> I was kind of like digging the whole like the like connection to it I was like I get it <laughs> okay that's dope that's dope um, so you're standing in line I'm standing in line but then like you know I, when I'm in line I'm like whatever so it's like yeah I'm excited but it doesn't hit me until we get to the actual until we actually get inside mm-hmm. and then I'm like 
oh shit, like, you know, we're, this is it now, let's get ready, okay, gotta be cool, don't wanna like freak out too much, cause I, every time I go to a haunt, I think I might die, I don't know do, why. Do you get anxiety oh, in the queues? A little bit, yeah. Cause, like, cause, um, I, I'm not to cut you off, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's um, I get it bad for some reason, and it, particularly if it's a maze, like, I'm interested in, or I know what it's about, like, for a good example, um, the, um, the Insidious Maze at Universal a couple years ago. It might have been 2017. Like, um, I don't like that demon in that movie. The, oh, yeah, no, the one, the one that looks like Darth Maul. Darth yeah, Maul, yeah, Darth Maul, yeah. And just, um, and he was everywhere in that maze. Yeah. So I started breaking out, like, in a sweat. Oh. And I started getting lightheaded, and I was like, <sighs> and just, like, I want to get in. And as soon as you walk in, you're like, okay, we have to do this. We have no choice. Yeah. And it's that first jump scare. And I'm like, okay. Then get it out. So, so you're in the queue. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go yeah. back. So you're in queue for Evil on Two. You see me coming in and out. Yeah, and then it's like what? Like I see you messing around with people, and I'm just thinking like, oh, this guy's like pretty funny, and he's like, you know, he's pretty big, like so it's scary too. So <laughs> it's like, of course he's gonna mess around with people, cause like who's really gonna take him on? Right. You know. And then what like really made things like turn was like when you're like, hey, I know you, and I'm like, who, who me? And you're like, you're like pointing right at my face. I don't know, like, um, my lady, I can, I can just, like, I can I feel her smiling behind me. I don't remember seeing her. That's the thing. That's, like, that's, a, like, see, you telling me that right now just makes it even more scary. Like, you were, like... Tunnel vision. Like, tunnel vision right on me. Like, like, like this is the perfect victim. Which you're right, because I was terrified. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, like, you were, like, saying, like, you, you're on YouTube, huh? And I'm, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, and I tried to be funny, and uh, you're like, I was like, oh, like and subscribe. We're like, don't do it. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, okay. <laughs> and um, and then we're like, um, like you kind of like um, got even closer to me, and you're like saying like, you better put it, you better make a good review about this. And I was like, I'm, I will, I will. I think I and, said you better mention me in your next video. Oh, something like that. Something, no, I said something like you better put in a good review. You better mention me in your next video. Yeah, and I did. And now <laughs> look at us now, <laughs> months later. Well, it was funny because. Um, Danny from Sinister Point, uh -huh. he, he forwarded me um, a YouTube video. It was you talking about, well, what's Scary Place about? Yeah. And, and you're like, I, what's, you're, you're, you're describing each area. Yeah. And, and you're just coming up with, you know, again, people on YouTube, and this was like, oh, you're, people get this, this misconception, like, um, good example. You had a video, and it happens. Mm -hmm. um, there was some stuff that leaked from Nas. And you assumed, which that's that's what you do. You assume yeah. with the little information you have. But yep, everyone got duped because the Nas put up some fake facades. Yeah, which touche to them. Hats yeah. off, hats off to them. Like that, they they got us good. That's they got know, us good. Like because they, I don't think I've ever heard of them doing that before. I never have either. You, you know? know, and so now them doing it this year, they're probably thinking like, you know what, like that's how you know like the haunted industry is like really building up mm -hmm. to where they're like, all right, now we need to start playing tricks on people. Right. Before. They start leaking out all of our stuff. I saw one other one other channel, um, this this duet. They they were on Ghost Rider. I'm not gonna oh, say I that. Know, yeah. And they got pictures of the facade coming down on Ghost Rider. And so from there I saw that, and there was aerial aerial footage. And the point I was trying to make is you just gave your interpretation of what it could possibly be. And that's the video I got from Danny. And you were kind of saying, what, what's you know what's Evil on Two? What's the Boogeyman Express? Yeah, I was just reading off of what the what the website exactly. said. And I was like saying like, oh, I think I picture it something like this. I picture it something like this. See, uh, Boogeyman Express, I didn't think it was going to be an actual ride. Right, yeah. I thought it was going to be like, you're going to, okay, like, oh, uh, what's that one at, at Queen Mary? 
Which one? Intrepid. Intrepid. Honestly, um, if they wouldn't have had the carts, which I thought were amazing anyways. Oh, yeah. No, just so a walkthrough, like the walk through that town, that would have been creepy. It could, the way it was all spaced out yeah. made it like amazing. But um, it was the, huge. The, the whole ride, I think that was perfect because who would have thought on the third floor of a mall, you would have a ride? Because like, normally you see that like on the bottom, right. like with like the little like. Like, you see little kids riding a tiger and stuff like yeah. that, you know? It's a train that goes, like, in a circle. Yeah, yeah. you know? Um, so, I, like, you know, but to see that on the third floor, I was like, you know, that's pretty crazy. Like, they must have, like, imagine all the work it took just to build everything up there. The, the build, the, when we walked it with the lights on mm -hmm. as as um, cast and, and um, cast and makeup and whatnot, um, it was amazing. Yeah. Like, the churches and even, like, the... Oh, the church seemed godly because there was all that hype about the nun and everything so we didn't know what like when we saw that we we're like all freaking out and then of course with the nun already appearing in conjuring too mm -hmm. it was like oh dude that was scary you know it was just amazing what they built and like the, and the like the giant boar heads and the demons coming out yeah and just like the, the rock formations it was amazing during the day i never got to see it so going back to when um we were interacting so uh, that's when i tell you you better put me in your video yeah i was trying my hardest to go upstairs to my spot because yeah. I was going to mess with you again. Oh, sure. Because the security guard was the campy, Freddy Krueger-ish kind of one-liners on the first floor. Yeah. I was going to do full possession in the maze. And I was going to Because I did that to people like, oh my God, it's a security guard. But I told him anything different. Like, yeah. Like, I threw up in front of him and did all that. Oh, man. So, I think the following... I think within the next couple of days, you did your... I think it was the next day you did your video, didn't you? I did, it? yeah. I like... Because like that night, I went home and I like... Pretty sure, yeah. That night I went home and I just started filming because, mm -hmm. like, I had, we had a fun time. It was uh -huh. fun. I got to see uh, what was the band that was playing there. Uh, I can never pronounce their name. It's it's the dude, the dude with the makeup. Um, yeah, they always do like the like the kind of like twist, like the little parodies, horror parodies. He of, does. Like, he, he does freak show too. Um, yeah. What is his name? I I'm horrible at reading, so I can never read his name. But I know it starts with an M, and it's uh. He does the parodies. He's like he's like a crooner. Um, yeah. Uh, but they did like the one thing I saw on, on like YouTube one time on like someone posted about them was that they did Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads mm -hmm. and every time they're like Psycho Killer then they'll do like the like you know like in the movie Psycho they're like deep, deep, deep. like they would do that part to the music be like really? Psycho Killer you know what say I've like, seen them a million times well not a million the last couple <laughs> years at Spook Show and yeah so they were actually at uh, Spook the, Show that just the, happened yeah they were the, um and I just don't I never like you hear the lyrics, you don't really, yeah, pay attention because I was so over overwhelmed looking at all the vendors and everybody there, yeah. you know, shaking hands and kissing babies, talking to everybody, doing what you're <laughs> like a politician. So you put out your video, I think, within the next day or two, correct? Yeah. So Danny again forwards me another video of you, yeah. and I'm like, that's that dude from the maze, <laughs> and you're like, and you start talking about me, and I was just like, oh, 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 oh. And you're all shout out to you, man. You put it at the camera, and I was yeah. just like. I admit it, I felt, I felt special. I'm, I'm like, glad, dude. I never had anyone tell me that. <laughs> and, then, and then after that, I forwarded that, yeah. that video to everyone. To everyone. All the cast members, my family, friends, and everyone. And I think after that, I found you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that's when we became friends. We started messaging back and forth. Yeah. And, and then, then you, came up on, you came up again on my video on Hon Talk. Yeah. The, at the Sunnyside Cemetery, which you were the turn of where I wanted Hon Talk to go. Like, mm -hmm. at least on video-wise. Mm -hmm. Because um, I wanted to start doing remote areas more with Hontok and like actually showing like places that were like special to the people. Like um, I was supposed to have another guest, and there was like an, a certain area in her city, 
that was uh, really like, not like, like she wasn't like really that connected to it, but she like had like, um, um, because like it's notorious in her city, mm -hmm. and she's been there a number of times, she really liked that area. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess you can say it had some connection. Mm -hmm. It wasn't strong, but something. And then she wanted to film there, and I was like, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. We could have to do something like that. So with you, when you're saying like, yeah, let's do it, um, and this was your first one remote, correct? This was the not the first remote because I've but, done spook show, but like the first time Haunt Talk went from me and another person just sitting down in front of a camera. What would it mean, like remote to like for your Haunt Talk? Oh yeah, exactly. Sorry. So yeah, it was the first time Haunt Talk was going remote, you know, into actual locations, and then it's like boom, it was just like you know. Um, now I plan on doing that a lot more. Um, the last one I wasn't able to do that with Sammy Ruiz. Mm. That's just based on timing and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, but all the other ones I plan on doing a little bit more, uh, what's the word, cinematic. Yeah. You know, so, but like, yeah, you were the first one to kind of the first stepping stone. Mm -hmm. That me. was what, last April? That was this April. Yeah. yeah, so what if we do a follow up? At the same location? Same location, especially now. Okay. So for people that don't know, uh, Sunnyside was, had some financial issues. Mm -hmm. um, and they were, well, they are privately owned, um, but they were uh, um, independently financed. So it was pretty much out of the owner's pockets and they didn't have enough money to, to, you know, to maintain the landscaping. There was an issue with gophers yeah. and um, they were on the verge of, um, I believe, bankruptcy. So recently, I, I believe um, city council got together. Like two and, weeks ago. Yeah. And they, I, no matter, I can't say that word. They agreed collectively to like take over the responsibility of maintenance of mm -hmm. uh, side, so it's gonna be, it's not gonna be publicly funded anymore, it's gonna be privately funded. Well, I don't think it's privately funded. It's gonna be, the city is- The, the city owns it. The city owns it pretty much now. They're, and they're gonna take, they're gonna take good care of it. Yeah. Um, I heard there was rumors of like, they were like some members wanted to uh, just take it out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then most of the people in the Parks and Recs department, as well as some other departments, agreed to keep it there as a historic monument so now it yeah. cannot be touched i i think once it's, it's deemed a historical you cannot alter or touch mm -hmm. um so what it is the, the tax taxpayers money for city of long beach is going to fund that place now hey you know what i mean like um it's a beautiful cemetery it's a beautiful cemetery it shows a lot about history one little uh, i don't know if you noticed this but well before you were there before you showed up mm -hmm. me and veronica my, my girlfriend we were uh filming around there just messing around mm -hmm. And I was noticing there's like this one little section of like of like uh, plaques, mm -hmm. you know, to, not, not tombstones because they're not like rising up. They're like the ones. That it's just, the plaques that are they're flush on the floor. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was like uh, there was like five of them, five or four of them, mm -hmm. and they were all together. And each one, one of them had a pagan star on it. Really. Like a, like a pentagram. Stuff. Well, not a pentagram because the pentagram is the one a, with, the, with the goat and the. There's the pentacle, pit. which is notorious for the, I guess, witch community, which is yeah. Yeah, it's nothing to do with Satanism and. Yeah. And the pentagram's inverted, so. Yeah, so so it's the it's the pentacle. Pentacle, yes. They, it was all of them, and they didn't really have the same last name. So I started thinking, this is just a theory. Well, no, I don't want to say a theory. I should say like, a, what's like something that's because a theory is based off of like some facts. It's, like it's like a theory is some knowledge that might not be 100% accurate. Yeah, so this one is, I don't know what this would be called, but mm -hmm. a hunch, I guess you can call there it. There you go. Um, it was like, what if they were all part of the same occult? The same I mean, covenant or something. A covenant, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. 
I, I haven't been in college in a while. You know, so it's, it's, I'm like trying. I'm trying to sound smart too, you know. You're all. <laughs> we just the, the one person listening to this just uh, deleted this app. I know, right? It's like, <laughs> man, you know, this is some bullshit. This is the only podcast guaranteed to lower your IQ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, but um, yeah. So like when I saw it, I was like, that is pretty interesting. Next time we go, you're gonna have to point that out to me. Yeah, yeah, I definitely will. Because, like, they're pretty all close by together, you know, mm-hmm. but it's all the same star. It's not a big cemetery, but it's been there since 19... No, 18. Really? 1824 or 1802, I think. Gee, that's pretty old. Cause, yeah, um, this thing's a hundred and some years old. It's not, I think. I don't think it's, I don't know if Hollywood Forever or, or Sunnyside's older, but it's up there. Yeah. Um, I think Hollywood Forever's older. It's, it's a lot bigger, too, and yeah. I think Hollywood, but it's just, it's just amazing that the city stepped in. And they took they took over the responsibility of financing and, and providing maintenance and whatnot. So it's going to be part of the parks and rides. That's good. So now that that being said, hopefully they bring back the cemetery, and, um, the cinema nights, yeah, and like the festivals. They have a festival of Skira and like the Four Horsemen, Dark Emporium. Um, I would love to do something. Oh yeah, who wouldn't? Love to do some type of like movie night or maybe like some type of uh, not like a festival of music and vendors and do like a double feature like. I don't know, some classic horror movies or whatnot. Yeah. So, uh, what I want to get into next, once we take a little quick quick break, is um, how did Scary Cat develop? And what influences? What influence you you had as a kid to develop your interest in from movies to music and to becoming this horror horror expert? So, uh, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll come back and ask those questions. Stick around. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, we're back to the Creepcast, hosted by me, Rick Creeper. I'm here again with my special guest, Scary Cat Vasquez. Hi guys. Infamous, notorious oh. YouTuber and haunt expert. Oh. I'm trying to blow you up, son. <laughs> yeah, People are finally gonna watch my videos and be like, I wouldn't say expert. You're all, man, that's some false advertising, that's some bullshit. That's all false advertising, man. Okay, so we, we talked we talk a little bit about Scaredy Cat, a little bit about Justin. So, again, you guys can follow him at Instagram at Scaredy Cat Vasquez. And also, they can find you on your YouTube channel, correct? YouTube channel, same thing. Scaredy Cat Vasquez. Scaredy Cat is, or Scaredy is spelled like S C A R E D I E. Again, I'll put the links to um, yeah. to his uh, social media and his YouTube channel in the description for the podcast as well. So, so you're known, you're known in the industry with your Haunt Talk podcast and your 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 Instagram. You're very active on Instagram as well. And, oh, yeah. um, and the Han community knows it as well. You know, you deny it, but you, they know you. I, 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 I try to stay humble. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm just, I'm just one of the people. If I like admit to everything, then it's like all this stuff goes to my head, and I'll just be walking around with a crown. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. No, the people, the people I've spoken to, um, they definitely acknowledge who you are. And uh, like I've said, like I've said, it's not the followers, the amount of subscribers or subs or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's the reputation. And um, people, people have spoken very highly. Well, as far as far as to me, yes, to me. Yeah, <laughs> and until they actually meet me, then they're like, "Hey, buddy." <laughs> they're only being nice to him because he knows you. Yeah, exactly. So what I what I would like to talk about is uh, who is Justin? Mm. 
And um, I want to know about Justin when he was a kid and the influence, the influence that became, the influence that made you become the person you are now. Um, like for me, I know was like experiences with my dad watching movies and going to like, you know, the theater or drive-ins or being allowed to like, you know, read graphic novels and see adult films, which kind of probably corrupted me a little bit. So what, what influenced you to, to develop like this passion for like YouTube or to, to get into like uh, videography and photography or even like some like some supernatural interests or experiences? Um, so like, so starting off with like YouTube and photography and everything, that's just part of like the creative side of me. Like I don't want like, like, you know, make it like, oh yeah, I'm very creative. No, like I've done like a lot of projects that have been like total trash, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's just me just constantly always wanting to, to be creative, mm -hmm. you know, like as a kid, like I like to, you know, um, we didn't like to play pretend, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. like, you know, fake sword fights, you know, especially with my brother and my cousin, and it was like, you know, <laughs> until, it, until you actually hit someone for real, right. and then you start like actually fighting and stuff, um, you know, then like, you know, after you, you guys beat each other up, you hug and make up and go grab, go grab some food, but, um, um, so did as a kid, yeah. did you have a very vivid imagination? Were very. You, like daydreaming, were you writing like in a journal? Constantly daydreaming. Writing in journals, I wanted to do that, but um, I'm not that like like uh, very good at writing and spelling. Because mm -hmm. like, I knew that there was words that I wanted to put on paper, but I right. just couldn't spell them. I'm the same way. I'm not the, I'm not the greatest speller. Neither am I. I'm not the greatest speller or reader. Like, but if you but I was able to, trans to, uh, to transform my thoughts into paper. Yeah. In my horrible chicken scratch, in my, my my in my typos or my misspellings, um, but I knew what I was writing down. Yeah, um, I'm not the good writer or uh, reader, and like then I was like thinking like, well, I'll draw. Then I started drawing. I'm like, I'm not a good drawer either. So the one thing I knew that I was able to do was like, well, I was like, no, I can talk. Mm -hmm. yeah, I can talk. So it's all like, I do like little like. Um, Did you have the personality as a kid? Were you were you the kid that was always like? Not, not getting in trouble, mischievous like the prankster. No, um, my brother was that. Okay. He was. I, I was like the person I was trying to follow him. Okay. You know what I mean, I'm like, oh man, like you know, I'm like, like uh, you ever watch like, like you know, Dumb and Dumber? Jim Carrey's the lead. Yeah. In that relationship, and then his friend um, is like following it's, him. It's uh, Jeff Daniels. I think so. Is it? I think I don't know. I could be wrong. The actor. I forget the actor. Um, but like you know, Jim Carrey's the lead. He's always the one first in the door mm -hmm. and everything like that. And then his friend is just like following. Following him. behind. That that was me and my brother. And then like you know, and then like for a while, that was like me and my cousin too. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I just basically be falling off of them. And this is your older brother and cousin. Uh, older brother and cousin. Yeah, my cousin's older by like a year, and my brother's older by like six years. What were you guys? I, like alike as far as interest or no we were all different I was really into like yeah we were all I think that was the only thing that me and my cousin had in common because we were like a year apart is that like we were young and we were like we were into like stupid things like mm -hmm. you know we like Spongebob like you know and stuff like that <laughs> and like um, my brother him being an older brother he felt like he had to like kind of like watch over us and be like oh I'm gonna teach you kids how to be cool Thing, you know what I mean? Like, teach you how to smoke. Yeah, smoke yeah. a cigarette. <laughs> it was nothing like that, but it's oh, like, yeah. he tried to get me into skateboarding a lot, but I okay. couldn't do that. And I was a fat kid, yeah? right? You know, skateboarding. Yeah, that's, it's the, trust me, I, well, you know, yeah. I was a fatty too, the big body, yeah. the big baby you, and so. Um, but yeah, it's, so it's like that was the one thing, like you know, I wasn't able to do all that, but I was able to talk. Mm -hmm. So I, I come up with jokes. I try to like make little funny voices and stuff. So you had, so you had a personality. You're, you're a performer. Only to like certain people because like around the family, 
because it was so taboo to like kind of talk like how I do and everything like that. Like, or at least like how from like all my inspirations, Mm -hmm. um, I stay quiet. You know, you you told me stories about your pops um, being a jokester, and he told me multiple stories, and he sounds like the dude's always cracking jokes or one-liners. He he wasn't like really like he wasn't cracking jokes like in a way where it's like, hey folks, did you hear about this one? (laughs) He wasn't Conan O'Brien. Yeah, he was like he was like who who could I explain? He was like a like a. Don Rickles or like so it was, it was it was like the uh, the, the hacky one liners like like uh, like if you tell him something roasting like, people he yeah. roast people he, he's like like oh, this one joke he would say um, I'm like totally blanking on it right now but um so he would pick up on people like so oh like uh, he would like he would ask him like hey dad how's your day he's like like a dick long and hard <laughs> I was like what the fuck oh, oh my god oh man. <laughs> So he was very, um, not sarcastic, it was just kind of dry, roast, roasty humor. It was raunchy, um, mean, and everything. Like, one time, like, I remember one time, like, he made fun of me so much in one day. Like, I literally, like, I was, like, at first, I was, like, laughing. But uh-huh. then, like, at the end of the night, I, like, literally cried. I was, You're like, so- seven. I was, like, <laughs> You're, like, Dad, I'm only seven. Yeah, like, and I was, like, apologizing. And I was, like, I'm sorry, that last one just, like, really hurt my feelings. And then, like, he got, like, in, the, like, his way of, like, saying, like, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to be, like, ah. You're fine. And so he's like, like, you'll be fine. But then, like, but then, like, you know, like he, he comes around and like, all right, I'm sorry, son. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like he knew when to like, like he kind of like sometimes he knew, he knew when to, to draw like, the draw the line. Yeah, where to draw the line and stuff. But um, that was just like his humor though. And, that, and honestly, like you know, my mom like used to hate that about him, like how he would do that with me and my brother and like all the other like other like little kids, like kind of like a light hazing but more roasting. Yeah, he. My mom used to hate that. Yeah, because uh, she never got that. Uh huh. Or, yeah, she never got that. My dad were, got that though, but so like, they, he was used to it. Were they two different type of personalities, your mom and dad? A little bit. They have some certain similarities because they they basically grew up together. But your dad had his own sense of humor. And yeah. Very hacky. And yeah. Dry. Okay. And my mom's sense of humor like was, you know, she's funny. Okay. <laughs> like, right. Like you know, she makes me laugh sometimes. Um, but um, but like the way my dad was like like I like you know my mom like you know, she used to say, like I never liked it when your father talked to you and your brother like that. I was mm-hmm. like I thank him for that because. It taught me now that like like you know I was bullied a lot you know what I mean and it did like affect me a little bit but mm-hmm. not as bad if my dad never prepped me up for how people were gonna be. It makes sense. Know? So it, it was kind of like tough love, but like it was okay. a tough. It was like the real definition but of it, tough it, love. It was, like, but it was very comedic. Yeah, he's like, I love you so much. I don't want you to get hurt by anyone's words. So I'm gonna throw all these words at you, so that way you know that like how to take a joke, mm-hmm. you know. And then like you know he he taught me my first rape, my first racist joke. That's horrible. Yeah, that's like horrible. That's because terrible. like you know someone that's made terrible. fun of me. He just asked me like, oh like what what ethnicity are they? And I was like, oh like you know they're like they're Hispanic. And he's like, you know we'll tell them this. And I was like, oh damn. And wow. I told him that I got sent up to the office, and like he played it off. He was all like, he just saw like I can't believe you. Like my, my middle name is Robert, and so like, I can't believe Robert. Like how does and like and, like I'm like quiet. Like in my head I'm like, dude, you told, you told me to me say this. this. Like what the hell? And then like he's like, I can't believe it. And then, like, at the end, he was like, you did good. Because, like, he explained to me, like, you know, it's not about what you said. It's about how you said it. How you said it. Because this guy was making fun of you. Mm-hmm. He wasn't telling me just to go say this to any any person. He was telling me to say this to someone who was making fun of me and hurting me. He gave you, he gave you that golden ticket for the right time and the right Yeah. Place. Basically, like, you know, like, um, this person was hurting you. You stood up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you got in trouble. You got in trouble for it. But 
you still stood up for yourself. And, that, and again, that kid, like, he was kind of cautious now because mm-hmm. he, like, he wasn't expecting Fatty to be funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so... I, I didn't get bullied by that kid as much. You know what I mean? Because, like, he was just like, oh, shit, now he has, like, some comebacks. So you doubt... You, so do you feel he influenced you as far as your... your with, with my sense of humor, yeah. Because mm-hmm. like, my lady will hear how I, how I what I laugh about. And she's like, oh, my God, like, you find that funny? Like, that's kind of mean. And mm-hmm. it's like... Please, that's not mean. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like that's like shit's hilarious. And um, do you feel also like he was teaching you kind of like life lessons, like tough love? Oh yeah. Okay. You know, um, he, like you know, because he also taught me stuff like when like when it was like serious moments. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, kind of like those like not like the whole like son, mm-hmm. come sit down. You know what I mean? Just like you know, at random times, just be like, hey, mm-hmm. just so you know, you know, stuff like that. Like it was. It was like, yeah, he's my dad, but I feel like I was also talking to like, you know, like a, like a mob person. You know what I mean? Like very like hey, yeah, someone, someone heavy handed. Like heavy handed, like yeah, I'm just trying to tell you what it is. What is how it is out there. Like how it is out there. And like I appreciate him for that, you know? And my mom, she was always like a good shoulder to cry on and everything like that because I was still a kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I was still emotional. Like, so you, know? you had the tough love. So I would I was able to like express how I felt. Like sad, how a kid should feel. Like when a kid wants to cry, he should be able to cry. Uh-huh. You, you can't have him learn how to bottle that stuff up young. Uh-huh. You know, um, so I was able to, to express it like a little, a little baby. Mm-hmm. You know, to my mom, and then my dad will catch me, and then by the time he catches me, he'll like he'll already be done. He's just like, hey. And he'll be like, and then he'll come in and he'll like, then he'll show me the tough love type of stuff, and we're like, oh, next time you should do this, or he'll be like, you know, this and that, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had like the best of both worlds with my parents, you know what I mean? So, so you had that balance, really you had a little bit of both, because you had the two different personalities, but they, they had things in common, but they were two different people. Yeah, okay. very two different people, you know what I mean? Like my dad was like, you know, he was all over the place, he was in the punk rock, he was like, you know, going around watching the Midnighters play back up in like Norwalk wow. and okay. stuff like that, like, you know what I mean? You're cruising with uh, the Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like he was, That's so he was like all up and down there, man. Um, he had like a Impala, I forgot what. Mm-hmm. 69 no. so uh, we, we, we the one thing we have in common is we both and I'm pretty sure you watched them as a kid is uh, Conan O'Brien oh yeah dude I, I never watched them as a kid actually I got into them when I was about like like 14 so, yeah, or so, when, he, when he came to TBS okay so around that time that's when I got into him because I would, I would watch TBS for like you know it, it's funny because <clears throat> for those who know me, me and uh, Scaredy Cat <clears throat> big age difference but we have a lot in common which is weird yeah. I started watching Conan when he was on. We're talking about the, the Stone Ages. Oh, yeah, like the Late when, Show and everything uh, like that. On NBC. And, yeah, the Late, and, uh, the late Show. And, and I was probably your age, about 15, 16 years old. Nice. No. Um, yeah, no, like when I saw this guy, and I was like, dude, this guy's hilarious. It, it just, and this, the, the stupidest thing he does, like, he makes fun of himself. And he just looks at the camera all serious with that dumb face. Yeah, the thing that gets me is like whenever someone, like, tells him something, like, you'd be like, oh, you know, like, get a body like this all sex he's like I don't know about a body like that and he just kind of goes like, like, like what? Kinda, and, and the camera guy knows to go to his, his and, like, face his face is kind of like and he's I can't believe like, <laughs> he just said that and it's like <laughs> and, but he, he like and you know like it was part of the script or right. like, part of something like he like he was he was putting up the person to do that to him mm-hmm. so he knows how to make fun of himself and I was like that was one thing I appreciated because I, I did that too he puts himself on the spot to make, make himself the butt of the joke exactly you know what I mean and it, it kind of gives the person the, high, the, the limelight to show that they actually are funny. They're actually funny. You know what I mean? Like, you know, all the comics he has in there, obviously they're funny. Uh-huh. But like some of like the actors and actresses and other people that he does interview, mm-hmm. it's like he he kind of puts them up to be funny. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's what helps out, helps them get more recognition and mm-hmm. stuff. So, 
that was one thing I admired about Conan O'Brien. And dude, I swear, like, um, I like, like I laugh a lot, but I've never like been dead laughing until I started watching Conan. Mm-hmm. It was Conan and the Drew Carey, uh, not the Drew Carey show, but uh, who's lined it in his ways? Yeah, with, I remember being Wayne ten Brady, years old, like, Wayne Brady and the other guys. Ah, uh, dude, I remember being ten years old, I'd get yelled at for uh, I would sneak into the living room because mm-hmm. that's where we had the TV. And um, I would watch that. I'd try to put the volume like really down. And so stuff just like loud that. enough, just loud enough to hear the TV. Yeah, just loud enough to barely hear, and I'd be like kind of close to it, and like I'd be dying to laugh. And then my mom would come in, hit me in the head, and be like, "Go back to bed." I'm like, "All right, cool." You know what I mean? And not like crazy hitting folks out there because you know you can't hit kids yeah. nowadays. And like if you tell someone you got hit back then, they kind of picture it as like something abusive. Some of it was not not to me, but like you know some parents mm-hmm. back then were being abusive, but um. You know, it was never that much. It was just kind of like, hey, don't don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The reason why I bring up comedy is, um, you, you, people that are in, in that industry or comedics, whatever, they definitely have personality. Yeah. And they definitely know how to speak what you do. You see, you see it in person. You see it on your channels, on YouTube channel. Um, for those that don't know, uh, Justin actually, you did stand up comedy for a little bit. Before I did YouTube, yeah. I was doing stand up, and. Um, it was fun. I like going around. Um, I was doing around Long Beach a lot, mm-hmm. but I'd go around to like Anaheim, um, you know, all these other places, Huntington Beach, mm-hmm. OC, uh, how, how, Hills. How did you get into that? Like, what? That just came out of nowhere because I would like just be like, I'd listen to comedy on Pandora, I'd mm-hmm. listen to like stand up stuff on YouTube while I'm doing work, and like, I would always say, like, Man, I wish I could go up there and do comedy. Mm-hmm. And then my girlfriend was just kind of like, Why don't you? And I was like, I didn't have an answer, so I was like, Oh, okay. shit. Okay. Yeah, so I started, like, Googling, like, open mics and stuff like that. And I'd go, and, you know, I bombed. <laughs> I, the very first night, I don't know, the very, like, it was, like, my third night in, but it was the first night I took my lady out to come with me. Um, how, how was, were you, I couldn't, I wouldn't want anybody in the audience watching, like, I knew. Yeah, um, I never, I, do, I rarely invite people because mm-hmm. it's, like, I feel like if I invite people, I'm telling you, like, dude, you're gonna, I'm gonna knock your socks off. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's gonna be the best night of your life. Come on down, spend your money, waste your gas, mm-hmm. get a babysitter. You know what I mean? Come on down, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. When it's really probably it's a 50-50 chance it might not be. You're just gonna bomb you like yeah. an idiot. Yeah. You know, um, like I get like a lot of friends get mad at me. How come you didn't tell me? It's like because I didn't really wasn't feeling that confident. Um, but other than that, it's like. Um, the first night I invited her to come with me mm-hmm. and like, we went to this one it was like a wine bar you know what I mean like, and they're having like an open mic on it. I think they still have it on Wednesdays I think it's called like the I can't even remember the name so sorry folks mm-hmm. but um, it was uh, it was a really good night it was going so far it was going so good there's a lot of good comics and stuff like that and finally they call my name up and they, I talked to the, the, the host before did so you have, did, did you have a stage name no just just my name just Justin just Justin yeah just Justin like oh I go to the stage Justin and like I go and as soon as I shook the host's hand all my jokes went out the door you did, like just like, went I blank I forgot and I was like grabbed the mic and I realized I don't remember my, my set mm-hmm. like I don't remember what I wrote down oh my god and I didn't have my notebook with me so I was like I just like uh, I remember one joke, thank God, and I was all like, "Yeah," and it didn't. It got like a, it got like a little like, huh? Like a chuckle. Like a little, <laughs> little, little laugh. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, it's like, um, and then like at the end of the, I remember at the end of my set, I was just, I was supposed to do five minutes, and mm-hmm. I only did like two. And I remember walking off. I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm not funny," and I just walked off. <laughs> you said that on mic. I said that on the mic. You're like, 
I don't know, I couldn't do that. Exactly, dude, like, I swear, man, like, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not funny, and then everyone's just all like, yeah. And then, you, like, a lot of, I've heard a lot of comics say this, and it's true. And they, like, when they say, I heard one comic say this, he's like, you know, uh, you know you did bad when the MC comes up and was like, hey guys, comedy's not the easiest thing in the world, because that's what he did. He was like, hey guys, you know, not everyone, like, it's not that easy coming up here and mm -hmm. stuff, and I was just like, I had my head down on the table, I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up, please. Like, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> my lady's like, you know, patting my back, she's like, you did oh, all right. Okay, you did all right. You did all right, baby, you know what I mean? And I was like, God sympathy, bless her. A sympathy hug. On the way home, I was like, I'm sorry I dragged you out here. Like, I'm, I was, like, really mad at myself. And she's like, it's fine, we'll get him next week, we'll get him next week. And that's, you know, like, I already knew I was going to marry this woman for, like, a while. Because on our first date, she was like, you know, I like a girl I can eat, you know what I mean? Our first date, she ate up her food. Like she ate up her burger, her fries, and ate some of my fries. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna marry this one. But then that, that night too, that was also like another recognition of like, this is this is a good woman. And she supported you. She saw me absolutely made a complete ass of myself. And she's still like. And she was like, you're gonna get them next week. Like she already knew like, we're gonna do this again. Mm -hmm. We're gonna do this again and you're gonna get them. So she was very supportive. Yeah, very supportive. And she went with me the next week, not to back to that same place, because mm -hmm. I was scared to show my face, but uh, to a different place. <laughs> But uh, the thing is, like you know, like all the comics in, L in Long Beach, and like they kind of all like, like you know, they like jump around and stuff like that, go to different spots. So some of them were there. They're like, "Oh, hey, what's up, man?" I'm like, "Yeah, how's it going? Yeah, okay. Hey, I'm not that and, funny." <laughs> and I killed. You know what I mean? Like I, I wasn't like people weren't dying laughing, but like you know, I got some good laughs. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, I had my, I had my set with me, so mm -hmm. I, I knew I wouldn't forget. Just in case. But like you know, just the atmosphere was like a little bit better. You know what I mean? I felt like being at a wine bar was like too fancy. So you kind of find your niche at, with, yeah, with a, a different crowd, yeah, different like crowd, different art, um, yeah. comics. Yeah, at a bar, it does, my, my stuff does good. I, I remember I used to kill over at this one bar in OC called the Harp Inn. Mm -hmm. It's an Irish bar, but they have Taco Tuesdays. That's in Costa Mesa. Costa Mesa, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, I killed it there a few times. Actually, you can see one of my, my set I did there. Uh, on my YouTube channel. It's on your YouTube channel. Yeah, I I'm have not, like it's just the audio. And I'm gonna have to watch it. I'm gonna have to. It's like it's weird, but like yeah, I killed. I like I did good, and I like <laughs> I'm, I'm proud to say that you know. Um, I remember I had a guy come up to me. Uh, I did comedy with him a few times at other places, and uh -huh. he, he saw me that night. He came up to me, and um, he was just all like, "Man, you did awesome. Don't don't stop. Don't stop this, man." Like. Like keep doing what you so do. So you comp he complimented another compliment. another comic. Another comic, the guy that I found hilarious, told me that I was funny. Like he's like you know like it's basically like I wouldn't say he's my hero, but mm -hmm. it's like you know a guy that I kind of did look up to and look for like you know like you know advice of how to be a comedian. And that's an amazing feeling. Yeah, like, it was it was amazing. Like I was like oh fuck, like I felt lighter. You know, I felt like I was finally like a size like thirty. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? A pant size and right. everything like that. You know, I felt like skinny. I felt good. Mm -hmm. You know, and then like yeah, I haven't done comedy since just because the YouTube thing's been like busy. Which I, I feel I feel good doing that because um, I feel like with you the, the the comedy and you're still you're still very comedic and you have a personality that just opened doors to other things. Yeah. And um, you know, you you might do it again, you might not, but just the fact that you dabbled into that. It opened up interest in other doors and like get involved in YouTube. Yeah, and maybe not be that scared to be also, on camera. You know how to talk to people. You have a personality on camera. I've told you that before. You know, you're very personable. You know what I mean by personable is like that's yeah. what the that's what the comedy came in to help me out with because yeah. I would do sometimes like crowd work. You know, yeah. 
uh, I would do the crowd work just to help me like segue into the next joke. Yeah. You know, and so like I treat like every time you see me talking to the vendors mm. and how I'm trying to be funny with them, that's that's like that comedy stuff coming back out. And um, doing doing comedy though before this kind of helped me out a lot doing that because now it's like, dude, I did stuff in front of a bunch of drunk people. Mm. I've done stuff in front of a bunch of like college students who just don't care. Right. I've bombed. I've, I've looked like a fool. I've made people laugh. I made people like you know get up and leave. I've literally had like people leave <laughs> in the middle of my set. You're all, that's not George Lopez. <laughs> I, <laughs> I haven't gotten that yet, dude. Right. Like I was so happy that like that that didn't come out because mm-hmm. like I knew like because if you have comedic friends mm-hmm. or like comedy friends like yeah they comic ro- friends they roast like, each other probably they roast you like a motherfucker. Uh-huh. Like you know what I mean? Like it's it's sometimes it's mean mm-hmm. and it's just all like man. <laughs> And you know they're gonna do it like right on stage too. Right. Like I've I've heard like other comics like talk about their friends right next to them. Be like this guy right here, Kevin. Uh-huh. It's, like, it's, it's like oh man. It's so the like, comedy definitely prepared you um, for what you do now. Yeah. Because you like I said, it, it made you the um, and I seen in your videos and I seen in person. It, it gave you that on air personality. Yeah. It, it, it it's when you conduct business when you when you make new contacts and vendors and so forth and. The haunts and whatnot. Yeah, I always feel that like if I can make you laugh like a little bit, mm-hmm. then it's like all right, we have a connection now mm-hmm. because you get my humor and you accept it. Mm-hmm. So that means I can feel not so afraid anymore. Mm-hmm. I can like kind of let loose a little bit more and not be like kind of like like oh yeah you know like take my shoes off and stuff like that you know like that type of loose. But it's like I feel like all right, I can talk to you more. A lot of times when you can connect to people, yeah. um, they're gonna want to do business with you. They're, exactly. gonna, they're gonna be interested in what you're you're about or just just have general interest in who you are mm-hmm. and again this is a reference you could be this amazing video editor this amazing photographer scare actor uh, artist whatever but if you don't have the personality yeah um what you're lacking so but if, on the opposite side of the spectrum if you have this amazing personality worth ethic and you're just this all-around decent person people you know what yeah let's just give this guy a shot hey let's talk to this guy you know what? i'm gonna watch this channel well, yeah, I'll give him an interview. Um, like my experiences. Yeah. You know, I'm not the most seasoned person in the haunt community. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this is what I'm told. People like you have the right attitude. You work hard, mm-hmm. and you're just generally just a, a decent person to be around. That's yeah. it. Well, yeah, thank you. I try. You know, I try to treat people the way I treat, and it, it, yeah, it's a fun job, but it's still a job. There's there's things that are expected. So I treat like a real job. Maybe a little too serious because my OCD, but the lack of experience is made up with the lack of, I mean, the lack of experience is made up with the over amount of effort or just personality or just generally just being good with people. Yeah. So yeah, you might not do comedy ever. You might, you might, you might not, you might revisit it, but the fact that you did come comedy that, you know, you migrated over into YouTube. Mm-hmm. You, you, from YouTube, you gone to do videography and you're getting more into editing. Your editing is even improved. Um, people have approached you to do projects. You, I know you're doing more and more projects we're talking about. Yeah. So, as a kid, it seems like you had like a very vivid, vivid imagination, and then you, yeah, you had this I had in- parents that were just amazing. Mm-hmm. They were very supportive, um, helpfully wise, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, in any any aspect of life, you know, they were helping me out because mm-hmm. like I had a lot thrown at me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I had like, I was. I was like, you know, made fun of for being chubby, made fun of like, you know, being a weirdo. I can relate, yeah, I can relate. You know what I mean? And, um, 
So like you know, they're they're always support. So I, I love them for that. I know some people are probably mad. He's like, oh, your dad taught you a racist joke. He was like, nah, no, we're all. It's like yo, like come on. It's like, a joke. It's a joke, and he taught me that just because he knew that like, I feel like he knew that like, all right, this kid is this this bully kid. He's not gonna expect this. Mm. So boom, I'm gonna give my son this. Be like, bam. You know what I mean? Like right in your face. You know? It wasn't ill intent. Like you look like old comedy, like the movie Blazing Saddles, which is. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. I don't know if you can do a movie like that now with, with the way media is and, and Yeah. But um that it was just they they pulled no punches in that movie. Exactly. Um like, same uh, like Richard Pryor and like Red oh, yeah, Fox. Yeah, Richard Pryor, like straight up and he made thousands of people, millions of people laugh, you know what I mean? So it's like like um it was it was funny, it was a funny joke. I can't remember to the <laughs> like, like you know what I mean? Um I <laughs> But like you know, it did help me out a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm not saying like, oh, when in doubt, go racist. It's all, but it's like when in doubt, stick up for yourself. Exactly. Even it's if like, you know you're gonna get in trouble. We've been boldly pulled racist jokes. Now we're not saying that. It's like it just stick up for yourself. Yeah, I just kind of want to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I can just feel that like people are like, oh, scaredy cat Vasquez, racist. Scaredy cat Vasquez, racist comedy. And they, they're looking for your YouTube channel, your yeah, videos right? on YouTube. It's, it's like, all. There's nothing racist on here, man. And it's like, <laughs> It's all, guys. it's all local YouTuber uh, on a podcast admits that he prefers racist jokes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, anyways, um, yeah, no, like, you know, just being different and everything like that. Um, uh, just having, like, really good parents. Uh, I feel like that's what kind of shaped me into right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm willing, like, you know, my mom taught me it's better to give than receive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But um, you're very giving. I mean, you, like I'll give anyone my time. I, the only thing I won't do is I won't let people borrow money because that's always been like a bad thing. It's kind of like when yeah. couples get tattoos of each other. It's like a constant like that's taboo. That's, that's like, a bad know, juju. Bad that's, juju yeah. thing. You yeah. know what I mean? So like that's very rare. Like unless it's like dire needs where it's like, hey man, like I'm gonna get kicked out of my house. Like, it's like right, I'll try to see. I'll try to give you like a few bucks. You know, not a few bucks, but like you know, a hundred or two. Um, but like if someone's like, hey man, can I borrow like fifty bucks? No. <laughs> you know You're I mean? like, what for? And it's like, no. Yeah, I, I yeah, got you. Yeah, no, um, that's like the only thing. I'll give anyone my time, my effort. I'll, I'll bend over backwards for a lot of people. You know. Um, and people, people definitely, like I said, the people that that I've talked to and they've been brought you up, they, they, they pointed out the good in you. They pointed out um, the effort you make. You know, the the passion you have for your channel, the passion and love you show for the hunt community, the horror community, um, the things like you know. You've been involved in. You get me. You have a podcast. You have a video podcast. So the regular YouTube channel, and then you have the, your photography as well. Um, it's just like I said. It's just. It doesn't matter if you're painting. You're, you know, you're painting portraits or you're doing word work. It's the fact that you have these creative outlets, and it's a, they're passion projects, and and you express so much through it. You're putting so much into it personally. And that that has more value than any monetary thing. So, like I said, a lot of people do these things not for money, not for acknowledgement. It's just they have a passion for it. And if people acknowledge that, that's that's the self worth when you get paid back like that. Yeah. So, so yeah. that being said, we're gonna take a quick little break. I'm gonna come back with my very special guest, uh, Bobblehead Scaredy Cat Vasquez, and we're gonna talk a little bit about um, how you got influenced in the hunt community, at what age, and uh, maybe some of your personal experience with the paranormal. Oh, okay. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Okay, so we talked about Justin as a kid 
how he had a vivid imagination. And he was playing, you know, mag- imagining. Uh, what am I trying to say? <laughs> Play uh, pretend with, with your your cousin and hanging out with your older brother and having that comedic influence from your dad. So let's talk about Justin, how he got into the, the darker side of things. Not darker, but evil, but like the macabre, the horror movies, um, the interest in the darker, the darker side, or the darker things in life. Yes, there we go. Uh, like all the gothic stuff and everything. Everything from your, from music, the music you listen to, to like what what developed you to become what at what at a younger age. What experiences, what things did you do that developed you to uh, get into the haunts? Yeah. Into like the, the music and whatnot, like what you do now? Well, like let's start off with like movies, like you know, because it all starts off with us watching the scary movies as a kid. Mm-hmm. I remember I would fell asleep, I was probably about like five. Yeah. I fell asleep at my grandparents' house and I had my, like I was on sleep on a couch and they would watch a lot of scary movies at night because my grandma was like really into like Stephen King and everything like that. And she liked scary movies, mm-hmm. you know, um, mostly just like all the old classic ones. The stuff that was coming out at that time, she didn't really like. Mm-hmm. Like she would like watch them like every now and then, but like she was mostly into like you know like stuff that she grew up with and like that like you know. So it's like the stuff she grew up with. You talking like classic Universal Monsters. A lot of stuff, yeah, Universal Monsters, a lot of stuff with Vincent Price. Which I, now it makes Stephen sense because you like Vincent stuff. Price. Yeah, I sense. love Vincent Price. Um, but, so yeah, I fell asleep at their house and I was sleeping on their couch and my face was turned away from the TV. <laughs> and then like, I remember waking up and I remember turning my head and I just see, and like as I'm turning my head, I'm hearing chainsaws. And like everyone can kind of guess where this is going, it's like you know, 1973's uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, and it's that scene. I turn my head right in the scene where um, the guy in the wheelchair and mm-hmm. that other girl are like they're, going they're, through the corn. They're going through the woods or the corn, yeah, whatever the it was. Corn field, and um, then Leatherface pops out, and I remember seeing that like right as it as soon as my eyes can like focus on what was going so on. So you wake TV, up to that scene. I wake up to that scene. Wow. And. Um, it was terrifying. I was scared. I like immediately went like, ah, you know what I mean? But like as a kid and then my grandparents were like, oh, we'll turn it off. And I was like, no, it's okay. It's okay. Like, oh, I, I admit I had a hard time watching the movie as a kid. Really? Because it seemed like a part of me processed it like it was real. Yeah. Because it was raw and gritty. It was and- very, that's what they were going for. But not, they weren't like purposely going for that, but they succeeded in that because of how low budget it was. Like, as far as, like, not to say, like, the movie was, like, totally trash, mm-hmm. but it's, like, because of the actual budget that they had towards everything, mm-hmm. a lot of the, like, fighting, like, the hitting scenes, it's yeah. great. Like, they're really hitting each other. I mean, you told me that before. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. And, like, you know, one cool thing, though, um, is, like, in the beginning when you see, like, that dead armadillo, that's an actual armadillo that um, I think Todd Hooper, or Hopper, whatever, mm-hmm. Todd Hooper, uh, taxidermied himself. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh, that's pretty nice. Did not know that. Yeah, he put it out there just to make it. Cause like you know when you're traveling down the desert, you don't see some roadkill mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool right there. You know. Um, so they had to use the the limited, the little resources they had. Very little. Low Very budget. They're probably using doing their own stunts. Yeah. Um, probably bringing their own props, like you said. There is a there's a like a, a behind the scenes thing I watched when I bought the DVD. Um, that uh, 
the one of the, the main female actresses, the one that gets away, mm-hmm. she's talking about how um, how she left there black and blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because of like how they because they were hitting her, because how many times they had to hit her. Because the old man that was playing the grandpa, uh, I, I'm horrible with names. Yeah, so you know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. And um, uh, he's like hitting her with a broomstick inside of like the barbecue place, you know, that's, or like the gas station slash barbecue joint. Mm-hmm. And he's hitting her with a broomstick, and he's holding back a lot. So like, cut. It's not. It's not believable. Like, come on. And then like, she, like finally, like after like the third or fourth take, she's like, dude, stop being a pussy and hit me. So they had to take those multiple takes. Multiple takes. So she's getting hit a lot of times Mm -hmm. because it's like the guy was like, I don't want to hurt you. Like, I mean, like, oh my god, like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, you tell any man to hit a woman, he's not gonna just be like, okay. Yeah, he's not gonna lay into her. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like acting or not. Like, you just because that's something we're all brought up to do. And thank God for that, you know. Right. Um. So it's like he was, he was just like kind of like I I don't I don't want to hurt and like you know the director's like I understand but then she's just like dude just let's just get it over with I want to go home I'm tired, you know. And this was a a, a DVD you bought had had like commentary or like a documentary. Yeah, it had like one disc was like the movie with deleted scenes and like you know other stuff you know and Uh also like the commentary part. Like back like well behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, behind the scenes stuff. And then the the second disc was like extra even more bonus stuff along with the documentary of the making of Texas Chainsaw, hmm. you know? And that was like, like a two hour, it was like almost as long as the movie mm-hmm. documentary. And um, it's a really interesting watch and they, they show you everything. And, and it's like, it's, it's really, it's a really good, really good documentary. That's so random because when we first met, I did not give you- You gave me the- The, the Nika action figure, um, um, the Leatherface. Yep. And that me not knowing that you're that much of a fan. I just, yeah, I, I told you like right when you handed it to me, I was like, yo, like Texas Chainsaw was my first and that's crazy. Favorite. That was just so random. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll take on this. Like, if I was like, um, like more lighter skin, I probably would have like more like like Texas Chainsaw um, tattoos on me because like there's like some white ink involved. Mm-hmm. And, like, usually with like dark skin, it doesn't like come out the, that it, well. Yeah, it doesn't come out. You know, well. but it's like. I would be covered in Texas Chainsaw tattoos, you know, because that that movie was just like the intro alone with the whole like the flash and that. I don't want to tell with that movie. Oh man, like and then you of course like it's all black and the only things you start seeing is like little snit like like seconds of dead bodies and maggots and and, and, like chicken, yeah, chicken and stuff like that. Like oh, it was gross. Even the narrative isn't there a narrative beginning the movie? Yeah, it's like oh. Case, uh, this case uh, happened in this part of Texas. Yeah, and, like, yeah. And this is the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I had a hard. I, yeah. I I, 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 could see myself watching it. So I could. See, I remember going to the video store, and yeah. again, I'm older, renting it on cassette. Yeah. And you'd go like to the, the little independent, you know, cassette, you know, video ca- uh, rental place. Yeah. And you see like the regular family movies, and you see like the the adult, you know, the adult movies behind a black curtain. <laughs> then there's the horror section. Yeah. And the horror section always popped out, and I remember like. Brendan Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it was like, like I think I had like a sleepover with my friends Yeah. and I tried to watch my dad collected all kinds of movies he recorded everything and he bought movies um, and I had a hard time with that movie and that scene you said you woke up to I vividly remember that like Leatherface just laying into him with a chainsaw yeah because he, he, he dives right into frame uh-huh. like pops basically an iconic jump scare yeah he jumps right into it and just goes to town with that dude in the wheelchair and the girl just leaves him and uh, she is then again like what are you gonna do what are you gonna do he's already dead you know 
Like you, chainsaw to the gut, that guy's gone. He's gone. And you get so involved in the movie, like, you felt like you were there. Like, yeah. I saw the guy in the wheelchair, and I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, and like and I, and I, I felt for the guy, but then I understood why the girl ran away. Too. Yeah. Um, I was confused about the whole thing I was watching. I was like, um, my grandparents ended did stop watching it because I kept asking too many questions. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we don't want to send him home. Like to his parents, mm-hmm. them being like, "Oh, well, why would you let him watch that and stuff like that?" You right. Know? Um, so like at the end, because like I was like, I was like, "No, it's okay, please." And I don't know, like you know, watching it for like another like two minutes, and I started asking questions, like, "Who is this guy? Mm-hmm. Why is he doing this? Why?" And how old were you again? I was like five. Jesus. That's yeah. Yeah, like, that's about the same age. Yeah, like five, almost six. You know okay. What I mean? And like, um, it was just, it was crazy. You know, and like I, that's the one thing that kind of got me into stuff like that is because it wasn't the the acts they were doing it it was just the reasons why mm-hmm. you know what I mean I was really into that so getting into like you know later on you know getting into psychology and stuff like that you know and like at a pretty like not like at an early age I was like you know like probably like 10 stuff like that like I started hearing about serial killers I was about to say you got yeah. you got into the actual the psychological aspect of yeah. serial killers you, you told me some knowledge I never knew about we talked yeah. about the Zodiac Killer yep. we talked about uh, Ted Bundy Ted Bundy um, um uh, Richard Ramirez, who else? Um, Ed Kemper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all that stuff. Like I would like hear about this. I'd find books about him, and um, like I would try to read as better as best as I could. But mm-hmm. I'd have like friends of mine read for me, mm-hmm. and I'd listen. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, like, of course, like you know, luckily we had cable, so like I was able to watch stuff on there, mm-hmm. you know, about it. And um, I kept it pretty like hidden. From my family because I don't want them to be like, oh, what the fuck? Like, Why are you, you know? studying serial killers? Yeah, yeah, but it's like I wasn't studying them. I was studying like what was going on in their head, right? And everything like that, and how the police like kind of did their investigation. It was just it was like you know uh, it was a big old game of hide and seek, I guess you can call it. Like mm-hmm. they were hiding about. Cops are trying to find them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there's like certain little clues every now and then. You know, especially with BTK, he would like in Zodiac too. They yeah, would leave like they, notes. I, they never found the Zodiac, right? Never found the Zodiac, but they found Dennis Rader, BTK, which mm-hmm. is good because that guy is like, like this is gonna sound harsh, but that guy deserved it. You know what I mean? Wasn't he sending? He was. He sent them a like a floppy disk file. But they were able to trace it to a computer that he was using at his, at his church. He told me that. Yeah. Genius. Um, right? Because I guess he didn't think of that. Which is weird though, because he's, like he's like an electrical technician. So I think he wanted to get caught. A lot of these serial killers, sometimes they do want to get caught. Like they walked that line. Because, they yeah, they're, they're like, you know, enough is enough. Because, like, um, they claim, well, it might be true. I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. But when they claim that, like, oh, it's a disease, like an addiction... I like you know like I couldn't stop myself from doing it, you know. When they say that, then that comes to the theory of like, oh well, they wanted to get caught, mm-hmm. you know, because they were like, I just had enough, you know, like I just I wanted to stop, and the only way to stop. Do you feel like I a, got caught? Like a plea for help? Yes, I do. Uh-huh. But it's like I don't know. It's kind of like I'm very harsh. Mm-hmm. If like you know, if you hurt someone, if you hurt all these people and stuff like you that, you deserve what you're gonna get. You deserve what you're gonna get. You know what I mean? And it's like. Why should anyone feel sorry for you, even for the littlest? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I've heard someone, like, because I was watching this one documentary, or this one movie about Ted Bundy, and one of my friends watches, he's like, yeah, it was kind of sad at the end, because they show him, like, before he's put in an electric chair, and, like, um, they're stuck in, like, cotton balls up where the sun don't shine, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, he's crying while they're doing that. And then, like, you know, my friend was, like, saying, like, yeah, you know, I felt kind of bad. 
Like, I, like he's like crying before he goes like that and everything like that. I was like, no, he deserves it. What was, what was the point of the cotton balls? Uh, it's because like when you get when you get electrocuted, Ooh, you, so you uh, anal discharge. Okay. Yeah, it's it's for that. Okay. And um, I found it as a way of like, if anything, it's irony. He was a rapist, and then he. That's true. You know, so it's it's like, and I was like, why would you feel bad for that guy? Like, you know what I mean? Like, look, well, at the end, you know, he said he found Jesus. Like, did he though, or did he just say that he did? We don't know. You know what I mean? You could never know because that's that's the thing that fascinates me. We never will know what's exactly going through their head. Mm-hmm. If only there was some way to connect the brain to a television screen or to a radio to really hear the inner thoughts going on. Mm-hmm. It's it's always going to be something of somewhat of a fascination, not because of the acts that they are doing, but the reasons why. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was the one thing that that got me as like at a young age, by like you know like ten or eleven, and and that's one thing. And then like you know with my childhood. Um, so it's more of the psychological, the psychological stuff, you know. What I mean? Not necessarily them being, yeah, being serial killers. It's more of the psychological process, like why are they doing this? Yeah, like what? Because like you gotta think about what, what you know. We all, we are all born. We are all going to school. We are all doing this and that. What happened to trigger a, a fuse to go off to be like mm-hmm. kill a bunch of people? You yeah. know what I mean? It's like that's the thing that's fascinating. Like what triggered that? You know, and because yeah, Ted Bundy wasn't he was a ladies man. Wasn't he? he was a ladies man. He was popular. He was almost like he was basically like a politician. You know what I mean? Shaking hands, kissing babies, all that stuff. And then he just, but he just had like this this addiction. Like, well, what leads to this addiction though? You know, but that's that's what got me into that stuff too. And then like all the, like the gothic stuff. You know, I just you know I got into heavy metal, and um, you know they're like pretty dark music. But the one thing I like about heavy metal, heavy metal, excuse me, heavy metal mm-hmm. was. Um, like most of it, like Iron Maiden and like Dio. And you like the old, the old eighties, like you know all that stuff. It was all about power. Yeah. You know, and someone who was being bullied a lot, like for a while, I like, feel like I was, like, it was strong. Empower- it was you know empowering. Mean? Yeah. For those moments, I listened to those tracks. I felt like I was strong. Mm-hmm. You know, not like where I want to do harm to people, but just for a while, like I felt like I. It was encouraging. Be, yeah, I couldn't be. I couldn't be affected. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I liked about it. And then, um, you know, then I got into like the death metal and black metal and stuff like that mm-hmm. just because like you know we were all teens and trying to be like weird and adolescent right but one thing that like the main thing that kind of got me into like all this dark stuff was because like I, I, for a while I was always close to death you know what I mean like I I, I, I was diagnosed with cancer at five no we talked about this yeah thing. and um you know so I was always on the verge of like dying so it's like well you know there's nothing really I can do you know and like I, my parents did a good job like kind of distracting me every now and then mm-hmm. like you know like like you know, like you know, uh, cartoons and like you know, little little family trips to the. They would always take me to the museum. I love going to the museum mm-hmm. and stuff like that, especially the art museum. But I, all the stuff I was into was all the gothic art. I remember this one picture in particular. It's a, uh, it's uh, a husband and wife holding hands, mm-hmm. and they have, um, they have like uh, uh, fish for heads, like but dead fish. You know what I mean? Like when okay. you, like when you cook like the whole like the whole fish mm-hmm. you know, that has faces. They have that, and then in the bowl, they have their actual skinned-off face in the bowl. Oh, okay. And it's them holding hands, and the fish is looking at each other, mm. and stuff like that. And it's at a dinner table, and I remember staring at that thing for like a while. And I was like really into like you know indigenous, like kind of like indigenous um, influenced arts, so like you know Aztec stuff and like you know Egyptian stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was all pretty dark and gothic. Right. Especially when was talking about like certain like. Both those cultures are like they celebrate death. Exactly. It's it's a part of like their. You know. Life. 
So it's like, I was always into that type of stuff, and it was finding a way, like, you know, don't get me wrong, like, you know, we're all scared to die, no matter what anyone says, but it's like, uh, it was kind of a, some way to kind of deal with it. Mm. It was my own personal way, like, I never really told anyone until, like, you know, recent, like, like recent stuff, especially uh-huh. with my, my girlfriend, because, like, you know, she's the woman I'm going to marry, right. and, you know, I want to talk about everything, and, um, you know, it's just, that was just one thing, uh, that's what kind of got me into all this dark stuff and then here we are with like when I started finding out about haunted houses that's that was like I found out like I can now experience this hands on mm-hmm. that's crazy so what age so you obviously you know you had the, the comedic influence when you were younger yeah then horror movies and you got into like the psychological studies of serial killers and then mm-hmm. the black Norwegian death metal yeah. regular heavy metal but what age did you discover haunts? I was pretty, I was like in my teens. I was like, it was 2009. So I was like, well, like 10 years ago. So I was like 15. Jesus. Yeah, right? Oh, God. Uh, I don't want to yeah. know how old I was. Yeah, no, right? um, I was 15 because okay. I've never, I, well, no, I've heard about Scary Farm when I was like younger. The same my brother would go. Uh-huh. But like, the first time I actually, I would just hear about it and I was scared to go. You know what I mean? And plus I was too young too. Right. But then when I actually first went, my cousins invited me. What was your first what was your first haunt? It was the first it was not scary farm. And um, well, technically my first haunt was like this thing that my that my city did. Uh, I think back then, even when I was a kid, mm-hmm. it was knots. Yeah. And uh, like little independence. Or like 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 a home haunt or something like a well, like you know the community center community center because yeah. Universal didn't do anything until '97. Yeah. Um, I think it was just knots. I don't remember fright fest going on at, at Magic Mountain, but I think it was literally knots and the independence and like yeah. community center stuff like home home haunts back then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, same thing with the community center. Like that was technically my first one. I just went with a cousin of mine and a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and then it was cool. But we just kind of went as like a joke thing. And like, you know, I was terrified, but it was still fun. But the first time I actually experienced, like, fully embraced it was at Not Scary Farm. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2009. They had quarantine there, uh, I believe for the second year. Mm-hmm. And they had um, the Slaughterhouse, mm-hmm. which has, like, been there forever. And it's, like, really iconic type of thing. You know, everyone knows, you know, the barbecue sauce made out of human blood. Mm-hmm. It's The reason why I liked it, because it was, like, so close to Texas Chainsaw. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I mean? Very hillbilly-ish. Was, yeah. Outback country. Dude, yeah. I love that. I don't know why. I love shit like that. It's like hill have, hills, hills have eyes. Hills have eyes? Oh, dude, that stuff was amazing, mm-hmm. man. Like, even the Devil's Rejects. You see how they act? Yeah. And stuff like Otis and, like, you know... Um, Captain Spalls. I, I just thing. saw 31 the other day. That was a crazy movie. It was entertaining. It was, it was weird. I feel like they went too far, you know, but it's like, um, not too far, but like, I feel like they like really, like, like they really try to make it like weird. Like, we're just going to throw all this stuff at you. To me, it, it was like a, a combination of uh, the purge. Yeah. Like high society paying for this like human like hunt and gather game. And there's an old movie with Armstrong called The Running Man, mm-hmm. where they took criminals, um, and they put them into this game where there's hunters. Yeah. And there was a game show, like a national game show, and there was like oh, betting and all that. So I, I like it was an I liked it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like you know, Rob Zombie does amazing with mm-hmm. movies, you know. But that was like, like my least favorite. Like it was cool, mm-hmm. but I'm always gonna stick with it's Devil's Rejects, then House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah. then like 
31 and then like the Halloween like remakes that he did. Mm. You know what I mean? Because um, yeah, it was it was Devil's Reject. Something about the most thing that gives me though is that ending. You know, yeah. dying in a blaze of hell. Well, fire. apparently they, they survived. Oh yeah, because like now the they have from hell. Three from hell. Yeah. You know, but suppose I heard like at the when I was watching it, I thought that they died. Yeah, me too. Dude. You know, so it's all like um, basically all that. Free bird, yeah, and just kind of like a and like a dead big silence. old, yeah, just a big old like, you know, f you, cops, you know what I mean, like you know, like they knew there was no way out. And yeah, there's no way out. So if you're gonna go, like an Iron Maiden song, die with your the boots on. on. You know what I mean? Um, Maybe he had no intention of doing um, a second movie. Yeah, or like a continuation of it. A continuation. Because so. technically it would be the third. Third one. Because it's. It's House of Thousand Corpses, then Devil's Reject picks up right after that. And then, and then now 31, or not 31, I'm sorry, uh, 3 from Hell is going to be... So maybe uh, Devil's Reject was, was, they had no intentions of doing no the third intention. one, so... But then, like, all, all the popularity it's getting after, like, how many years of it being out already? Yeah, like, it came out a while ago, dude. Yeah, so it's like, he was just like, well, shit, might as well do yeah. it, you know? Um, so going back to the haunts. Yeah, so I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so, um, uh, Not Scary Farm 2009, by far the best lineup. Maybe I'm biased because that was my first one. Oh, of course. And yeah. like you know, you're always gonna remember your first, first and stuff. And it's like, it's um, it was just amazing. I was with my cousins. Mm-hmm. I don't really get to see them that much. Um, if they're listening. I miss you guys. Um, and it's, you know, it was just it was just amazing. And uh, I remember going through like the Calico train. You know, back when they like they had they actually had scare actors. Yeah, I remember that in the train, train ride. They don't do that no more. No. But like they had scare actors, and I did not know that. Back in the day, the log ride had them too. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Even like then, the last time they did it was when they did the Evil Dead one. Mm-hmm. That was the last year that they had actual scare actors mm-hmm. on that ride, and it was amazing. Um, what else did they have? Oh, Lockdown, mm-hmm. which is amazed that Johnny Cook like helped out build and everything like that. He didn't make it. He was like barely starting out. Mm-hmm in his like haunt career mm-hmm. uh, with that stuff you know he was like just kind of like volunteering to help out and right. stuff and um and then like now look at him now you know what I mean <laughs> like he's, yeah he's, it's, it's amazing he's building um, tons of, this is crazy telling you like uh, I don't even call him Johnny Vick I call him Johnny Johnny Hauntseeds because he's planting he's planting seeds, little seeds. haunts right here everywhere little haunts over here and haunts over here you know what he's I mean he's involved like, in everything it's crazy it's it's amazing you know props out to the guy you know and um He's a nice guy too. I never would have, I never would have thought because I've known him back from when he was a singer for Winds of Plague. I don't know him, but like I've heard of him back when he was a singer for Winds of Plague. And I'm like, I, you know, growing up with that music, you, know, you, mm-hmm. you meet like a lot of the, these metal singers and like everything like that. Sometimes they're nice, but sometimes they're kind of like, you know, they're in character. Mm-hmm. Still like, oh man, like, this is not, I don't know how he's gonna be. And I finally met him. He's a nice guy. Hey man, what's he, up? He had a cool yeah. attitude amidst him scream when I was messing with him as a as the devil, Louis yeah. C. Fur, and he 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 played along with it. He loved yeah. it. Cool dude, and like I broke character and I shook his hands. Hey, yeah. yeah, thanks. And cool dude. Yeah. So, so um, after your first haunt experience, which was nuts, and, and you had the various mazes and all that, and fog alley. Yeah. And, and for me, I went the same age as you. I had the hardest time. This is the mid '90s. I was like 16. I had the hardest time walking through Ghost Town. Really. And either you went through Ghost Town, if you don't want to go through there, you can cut through Camp Snoopy. Back then, Camp Snoopy, Snoopy excuse me, was like, like the, the B team and Ghost yeah. Town was the A team, so Camp Snoopy wasn't as scary. So you're like walking through Ghost Town, you see Fog Alley, you're like, nope, you make the right, and you go down Camp Snoopy. Yeah. And the mazes were different back then. Um, now, Camp, Camp Snoopy is like the hollows. Yeah. And they're making it more and more, I guess, and they're, they're putting more detail. 
like a lot of it. There was like stuff last year that like if you were there at a certain time, you saw things happen. Yeah. Certain events happen, and um, like it was almost like an inner, like an immersive area. Wow. Like for a second, unless like the roller coaster was going on, you almost forgot where you were at. Mm-hmm. That's that's really good, and hopefully by this year it's going to be even more immersive. Based on some of the photos I've seen, it's like they're they're going indirectly with like a Sleepy Hollow vibe. Yeah. Like very colonial. It, they had actors and just I love those costumes, like the TriStar hats. Oh yeah, dude, it's amazing. Hitting from that period, like the pumpkin eater and all that. Pumpkin so that was. Eater is such a I love that. I love. Oh my god! Any, like that period, and you know I love Jack O'Lantern. Yeah, and the fact that it smells like pumpkin. Pumpkins, right? There, it's like it, it's. Because, you know, this is the thing about pumpkin smell. It's good at first, mm-hmm. but then after being in there for like a while... Uh, it's, it grosses you, you out. It grosses you out, and that's what triggers even more fear, because you're just like, I just want this to end, and then like all this chaos is It's like people are like, oh my god, pumpkin spice lattes, oh, haunt season. I'm like, you're going to get me tired of those things yeah. by October. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, that's it, man. Like, I have the scented candle, I put it out. I had yeah. a pumpkin spice on the count. I'm like, I'm good. It's only September 3rd. <laughs> I'll say that shit until Halloween. So. so, how soon after your haunted experiences at, at Knott's and all the other independents did you decide, you're like, hey, you know, I want to do YouTube? Uh, it was a long time. I, I barely do. I've been doing YouTube for like two that's years. That's two years. So, yeah, that's yeah, right. So, so it, it, it took a while because, one, I wasn't really thinking about doing YouTube. I was really into music. So I was like, I was like in bands and I was like, you know, doing music on my own and stuff like that. You, you, you know, don't, don't say my old stage name. Like, so, so people are, I'm not going to say your name. Yeah, please don't. So, so, uh, uh, Scaredy Cat, uh, had a, a stage name. Yeah. When I did music. And, and I crack up and I'll, I'll just like, I told him I wouldn't say nothing, but so you did, you did haunts for years. You went to knots. I, I, after, after, um, going after 2009, I was like, I want to go every year. Every year. And I made it, I made it like a mission. It's like every year, at least once, I would go to Not Scary Farm. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't like, at the time, because like I was so like obsessed with them, I didn't really hear about all the other stuff. Like I heard about like Universal, but that was like, that's too far out, that's too expensive. It is. And right. if I'm only able, able to afford one haunt, it has to be Not Scary Farm, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I would always go there and go there. And then like, you know, slowly but surely, I started hearing about like, 17th door mm-hmm. I started getting my Queen Mary a little bit more Queen Mary I only went my first time was like like not last year but the year before that I did confirm yeah. he used to be called Shipwreck before before Dark Harbor yep yeah. yep 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 and um what else and then then like I'm starting to hear about like LA Hayride mm-hmm. you know and then uh, I hear about like all these other mini haunts and like independent haunts and stuff like that I'm like oh my god all this stuff to go on and then like finally you know when it comes down to doing YouTube mm-hmm. then I was like I like, no, I really hear anyone talk about them. Mm-hmm. They only talk about them when they're going there. Right. But no one's doing it year round because, like, you, like, of course, there's got to be stuff year round. Like, you know, there's actors. Right. There's people. So there's people you out get there. That people, bug. Yeah. I got it. Like, sure. I know I'm not the only one that feels like in the middle of December or like in the middle of like uh, February. I'm like, fuck, I want to go to a haunt. I know I'm not the only one that's like that. So I was like, well, let me do a video about it. Kind of bring everyone. Like, that's when I came up with the Halloween craves. Mm-hmm. You know the hashtag and everything like that. Yeah, because after November you get you get you get like post post haunt blues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know um, <laughs> you get all that type of stuff. And it's it. Last year I went live. I went like on my not live. I went on my Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. I did this whole speech about how amazing the year was. I like I literally almost cried. Almost cried. Yeah, like, <laughs> I remember after I turned off the camera and I was just like I kept telling my my, my lady I was like it's over. 
Like, this is it. Like, I can relate it. to that. I mean, because it, it, it's a real thing. Because it's like, it, it's funny. Me and my lady been like been together for five years. Our anniversary is in April, but the time that we feel the most joy is during the hunt season. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's like the funniest joke I always tell everyone, especially when like when they ask about like my like our relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's because it's so true. It's like, dude, this thing like, and then when you you have like all this joy, and then it's finally taken away from you. You're just so like. There's nothing else to do. Like, I guess I'll just go back to being whatever. Yeah, I'll just go back and wait for yeah whatever's going to come up. Yeah, but now with all these extra hunts going around and everything like that. It's becoming more popular. More relevant and more popular. And it's and now it's like, you know what? Like, I only have to suffer for like a few weeks or like a month or two. Because mm-hmm. then like something's going to pop up and mm-hmm. then I'll go to that. I'll get my fix and then I'll, then I'll have to go out with that again. I mm-hmm. go out with the urge again for another week or two months or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and then, like, I was like, you know, like, I want to cover this, and I want to make memories of this. So, like, if we do decide, if we do just me and my lady do decide to have kids, I can show them, like, mm-hmm. look, this is what your dad was doing. And I thought, granted, like, this is what your grandpa was doing. Mm-hmm. Look at these amazing people that we met. And these are people that are considered as, like, like you know, devil worshippers and stuff like that. They're not. They're mm-hmm. nicest people ever. They're hardworking, honest people. That's yeah. how I felt. Like, you're creating memories. Exactly. That's how I felt, like, I just told you recently. I went to go see uh, the movie Ready or Not. Yeah. And having that experience of working with Sinister Point. It triggered memories. So I'm there watching the movie. Yeah. And I I hear the music that they played in the maze. Yeah. I'm like, that's the music they play in the maze. They cued us. They go scare the people. Those are the masks. I mean, not they were weren't the exact masks, but they were props from. They they probably make like 30 of them and use five. Yeah. So a couple break, they have backups. Yeah. I'm like, those are the maps that we uh, we wore. They had the wedding dress there displayed in the case. That things and I'm like, I was a, indirectly a part of this movie as the Han attraction. Yeah. And I just trip out on that. I'm like, I could go back 20 years from now mm-hmm. and like show my grandkids or whoever and say, you know what, see this movie here? I was actually part of a, at a Halloween convention. Let's say Mr. Screams no longer exists. Yeah, which I highly doubt. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's say that, you know? So as I could be, hey, I was there, I worked this maze, and it was this movie. So. Yeah. At what point, uh, for those who know Justin's into the, um, the extreme haunts, yeah, the very immersive haunts. Um, when did you? When did you? you know, obviously, you went to Knotts, you went to yeah. Independence, and eventually went to these studios and you know Dark Harbor or back then it was called Shipwreck. It wasn't until Seventeen Door that I started realizing, like, yo, this extreme haunt stuff is pretty intense, and I kind of like I like the rush because I don't do roller coasters, but I'll quickly sign a waiver to go to an extreme haunt. Mm-hmm. Excuse uh, the, the yeah. motorcycle driving through my neighborhood. Yeah, and um, you know, so that was like that was like the thing that kind of started it all. And I was thinking like you can't get that more extreme. But then I hear about McKinney's Manor mm-hmm. blackout. I'm like, oh god, this thing is like crazy. What about it? Like just triggered you? Like like it's the fact that like well at the time I didn't know the people. I didn't know about the people uh-huh. when I first heard about it. You know, so I was thinking like I can get I'm like in real danger. You know, was it the thrill? It was the thrill of that. The thrill of like walking that, that fine line, that threshold of like yeah. it being real, but at the same time it's not? Yeah. Okay. Um, that was one thing, you know, that's one thing I like about blackout. It's like you're right on that line. But the reason, the thing that's like the safety net is the safe word. I came close yeah. to doing blackout so years ago. And I just watched a bunch of videos and reviews and I saw people like breaking down. And I heard there was like nudity. Yeah. And there was this like, uh, you know, it was like some a building in LA. Yeah. 
and there was like semi like waterboarding and yes. all, and I was just like I came close. I came yeah. close, but I chickened out. I, was just... yeah, I don't blame you, man. Like, I chickened out, too. I even chickened out of doing, like, their, like, uh, virtual one when it's, like, called a 21. Uh-huh. Um, but I was too scared. And I read a review about it saying that they had, like, people coming up to their house, like, shining their hazard lights at their house and stuff like that. I don't know about that. I mean, I was like, no, nah, dude, I don't think, because I, I live in the hood. It's like, if, like. You uh, do that, you're going to get shot at. Like, you know, like, they come around. I don't, don't want to have any, like, the actors get hurt. You know what I mean? Um. So it's like, you know, I didn't want to do that, put them to that. But uh, other than that, it's like, you know, something about it is just like, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the fact because, like, you know, you're on that line mm-hmm. of, like, reality and imaginary. And I just like being, uh, being on that level, you know. Um, so it's just like an, like, like uh, an adrenaline high? like an adrenaline high and like things rush. become real. Like, it, you, you, like, for me, what we talked about before... I forgot where I was at in Zombie Joe's. Yeah. Did, did you get that immersed? Like, you totally forgot, like, hey, yeah, this isn't real. This is, like, um, you're like, whoa, what's going on here? I, I told this story before on Mike's podcast, but I'll tell it again. Yeah, sure. um, there was this, this company called Screenshot Productions, and um, and they did a uh, they did a little mini haunt on the very first year of Midsummer Scream. Mm-hmm. It was called Bardo Tholum. It's called, like, the Book of the Dead. Mm-hmm. It's like a Buddhist tree. I don't know, like, what kind of Buddhist it is. Mm-hmm. But, um, because I can have some from, like, China or, like, different parts of Asia mm-hmm. and India and stuff like that. There's still different kinds. Um, so, it's like, uh, I didn't know which kind it was. I did my research and I kind of forgot about it. But, um, mm-hmm. it was a, basically you're going to experience your own death. That was the preview part. That was the entrance to it. And then, like, at the end of uh, the actual part, you experience your own death. Then you go through heaven and you go through hell and you experience every single bit of it and then like at the end based on your choices you, you pick your your final resting place so they get to pick they allow you to pick how you, you end your experience uh, not how you um, no I'm sorry not, you don't get to pick that but you get to you see where your final resting place is ah, I'm sorry okay. yeah because uh, that's apparently what happens in, like, in their beliefs okay you know, where it's like you experience both heaven and hell, all the wrongs you've done, all the good you've done, and then at the end, based on that, you um, you then find your final resting place. So they give you, hey, this is what you did wrong, this is what you did yeah. right, and, then, and based on these experiences, this is where you're going to end up at. It's like an extreme form of judgment, you know oh, what I mean? So they show you a good thing. Like, well, you fucked up here, you fucked yeah, up here. Yeah, but like they show you like, like you know, in, in hell, though. Like you go to hell to see all the bad you've done. You know, at least that's from what I've heard and from what i read. And, um, you know, it's just, it was a crazy experience. And I remember the first part, um, I was on a, I was on a, they put me on a gurney, like those like hospital beds. Ooh, that probably struck a nerve. It did because of like my history. Yeah. And, like at first I'm like thinking like, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing. But then it's, uh, then the, like the whole thing started and the woman that was right in front of me started crying and was like, Basically this playing is a, like a mother. Like a mother who, an actress is playing Yeah, an actress is, is pretending that like a mother is like losing her child and uh-huh. I was that child. And mm. it hurt a nerve because I've been there before. Like, like I said, I've been close to death. And um, I remember hearing stories like, you know, my mom and my dad, like hearing that like, you know, hey, he might not make it out of this surgery or, you know, this and that. I literally remember one doctor uh, told them when I was first diagnosed that like, hey, it's probably best to start planning a funeral. I was five. You know wow. I mean? Yeah. And um and so like, you know, I've been there before and like that kinda like really affected me. 
And, and now you I, I remember I, I went from laughing because I laugh when I'm scared, as you've seen in like uh, Sinister Point. Nervous and smile. Like, you know, nervous smile and stuff like that. But then I went from like literally crying. Like, I'm like not talking about just like, the, like I am sobbing along with this woman. And I feel like this woman can tell um, because her face is next to mine. And I know she probably felt like a few teardrops. And then it's just like, oh my God, I couldn't even hide it no more. And like, then they put me in a body bag. And it's a see-through body bag, and there's like, there's like no like, they put the plastic thing over me, and they zip it up, so there's no back end to it, mm -hmm. so I'm not like fully trapped, you know, I mean, I'm not suffocating in there, but they put me in that situation, and they put me on the ground, because like I, I flatline, and I die, and I hear the flatline, and I die, and then they like, they, they drag me away, and I can still hear the woman crying and screaming in the back. And then they put me on the floor mm -hmm. and they start shoving dirt on me to simulate that I'm so they, dead. So they simulated like you're they're burying you, like they're you're dead. I'm dead now. This this is this, I'm, I'm dead now. Wow. And that was like I remember being in there the whole experience. I was like basically everything that I kind of like like pushed away, pushed down into my brain about everything I went through. I. I like, you know, all that stuff came back up. I can see why it struck nerves. And, and it, it struck, brought back old, it's, it's, old It came feelings. back old feelings that I kind of repressed. Like, that's the right word, yeah? yeah. And um, and like, then after that, I kind of like, you know, it's kind of cheesy to say, but like, I started appreciating life a lot more. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it was, it was like, I was like, fuck, oh, dude, like, I can't believe I went through all that shit before. Like, you know, like, I knew I went through it, but mm -hmm. I never, like, took it as serious. Cause I never wanted to talk about it to have people make like be, be like, oh, you know, feel sorry for you. Like I never wanted that because that was a form of weakness. Right. You know. So then I was like, you know, maybe I should start talking about it more. Cause one, my doctor should know. Like you know, I never really told my doctors about uh -huh. it unless it came up. But um, so like one, my doctors should know. Two, it might it might help out other people going through that. I've met like other people, you know, whose family members are going through that and um, or who are going through cancer, who've been diagnosed, or like you know who've. Uh, I had a friend of mine, Lily, like got got cancer, but luckily it was like a small tumor of it. Uh -huh. He was able to get surgically removed. So you know, God bless that he's like he's doing better right now. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, and it's just it's like uh, it was that, that was the moment I was like, you know, these these haunts. It's not about just blood and gore. Right. It's not about just like oh, let's see if we can scare you. Like oh, you know, this is fun. I felt like some of it was like yeah, it's fun, but also we want to send a message. Mm -hmm. You know. And I'm not talking about, like, the one thing I'm kind of against is people saying that they want to go through these, like, extreme haunts to better themselves. Mm. You shouldn't be looking for that because they're not, like, they're not our counselors. They're no, not, it's like, a, it's our, a, it's a form they're not of, our therapists. It's a form of entertainment. If you get that out of the end, then that's, that's a benefit, you yeah. know, but you shouldn't rely on that. No. I've had people, I've heard people wanting to go through McKinney's Manor. It's like, oh, I want to, I want to prove that I'm not a wimp. I want to, like, I want to, like, you know, do all this. It's like, you're willing to go through McKinney's Manor to do this. It's like, no, just go skydiving, you know, or do a different haunt, you know what I mean? Don't put yourself through this man's No, learn how to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, you know, do something like that, you know what I mean? It's like, because, um, like, you know, the reason why I'm bringing up McKinney's Manor is because everyone knows that, like, you know, he's he went off the rails when he took away the safe word. And right. I've talked about this on Mike's podcast. That's that's basic consent, you know what I mean? No means no. Yeah, that's just, you know? that's a little extreme. It's, 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 it's just stuff like that. But with all these other haunts, basically, it's like, I started realizing, like, like, there's like a lot of a lot of good can come from this. Getting scared is a good thing for you. You know what I mean? Um, it, it makes you all hyper. It makes you like, oh my god, like alive. And then it can also it might even trigger something in you that might be like, you know what? 
I think I should like probably like you know appreciate life a little bit more. So that that one you you just discussed. That bottle thrown by Screenshot Production. And that definitely struck a nerve because of your experience because with of it. Because my, my history and everything like that, and it was it struck a nerve, and I was able to appreciate life a little bit more, and um, it was just, it was just intense, man. And that's when my whole love for that for the Hong community came out, and I was like, dude, like this stuff, I want to be surrounded by this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's art. It's art that um, people are, are just. Yeah, when I tell people, I, like you know, I cover about like haunted houses and stuff like that. I, I mostly consider it as theater because mm-hmm. if you really think about it, it's really it's, it's a form very, of theater. It's a form of theater. It's very theatrical. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because like you can't just go up and put a mask on and be like, Mah. no. What's your character's motive? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what what's going on here? What's what's the, what's the scene? You know, like you gotta like really like. What's the concept of, of yeah. the attraction? What, yeah. What, what's, what do we? What's you can't just say like, oh, it's a haunted house. Why is it haunted? Yeah. You know. It's like, it's a really intelligent form of theater because you're yeah. dealing with, if you go to a play, most people know what the play's about. Yes. Or they know that it's a play and want to go check it out. And they sit down and they be quiet. You know? I've never, I've been to a few plays and not once have I heard someone like heckle <laughs> the people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you go to a haunt, you're dealing with, you don't know who's coming to you. So it's almost, it's a fear on two, on, on both coming from both ways. Mm-hmm. From the people experiencing the haunt and the people putting Word. it together. Yeah. Because I like let's say we built a haunt. We don't know who's coming on, who's knocking on our door saying we want to go through. Yeah, it could no, be yeah. someone who's like a big fan of haunts just like us. It could be someone like, hey, I wanna see what's it about and start like causing hell. Yeah, exactly. You know, start like punching our actors and stuff like that, yeah. you know? It's got to a point like when you purchase that ticket, there's liability as a customer. Yeah. Yeah, it, and so I yeah. mean it's fun. I love it. Yeah. You know, again I'm, this is only gonna be my second season this year, but there's a lot of people that just like appreciate it like you. Yeah. And there's the ones that want to go on with a chip on the shoulder and they, they're out yeah. there for something. But it's like. It's like, you know, any person that like wants to get paid to be a scare actor, it's like, nah, dude, you should do this for passion, man. Then, like, you know, once like you're able to do it more, yeah, then, like, you know, you can look for something with a payment. But yeah, don't just like dive right into it, like, in your first attempt trying to get paid, you know? Yeah, what I mean? say, I, like, 90, 99% of, of the industry, they don't do it for money reasons no. and then eventually maybe someone get them into production or management yeah. casting because they've been doing it for X amount of time or someone sees they have natural leadership skills so yep um, it's yeah, it's an amazing it's an amazing industry to be a part of and it's you know like I feel lucky every day that I'm posting and I get some viewers because mm-hmm. I know I'm not alone you know what I mean like I know I'm not like the only one who's getting these Halloween graves I'm not I'm not the only one it's a growing community it's grown over the and last couple years Work, it's dude. crazy. I've noticed that in the last people that I went to elementary school with, I'm catching up with them because they find out I do YouTube, and they're like, "Dude, like I love like not scary about I was like, "I never would have took you for that." You know, going to school with you, you were like very. I've noticed stuff, you know? since 20, 2011, 2012 where I kind of got back into it just as 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 a fan. Yeah, it's gotten bigger and bigger and, and more, more kind of mainstream. Yeah, but there's still the independence, and it still has a mystique about it. So, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, it's a thing now. It's a community. It's, it's a, it's something that as soon as midsummer comes, everyone goes crazy for everyone it. Everyone goes bananas, man. And like, the thing about it, I remember my first year at midsummer, it wasn't that packed. You no. know, there was like, like there was letting people in. There was like no crazy line out the door. No. You know, it was just like you know, there was a line just to make things organized, but it wasn't like how it was this year. I didn't get know? the experience that. Oh yeah, because you, you were inside. But I like, was I was but how was the lines this year? This year, like first thing Saturday, in the morning. Yeah. When 
um, you know, like when you go you, on like on Aquarium Way, there's that bridge that goes right over the main road. Mm -hmm. um, that was all taken up, and then there's a spiral staircase that goes down. So oh. there's like a staircase next to that spiral staircase mm -hmm. that goes down, and then it goes into that you know that pond area. Yeah. It goes all the way down to that pond area and down across the sidewalk. That's following. So all the predictions area. and like, hey, there's gonna be more people this year. Get there early. Those were correct. Yeah, those were all correct. And next year, I can tell you, I, I can be the it's, first it's, one to tell it's, you that it's becoming like Hong Kong. Basically, yeah. It's it's gonna be the next Comic Con. It's honestly, I feel like it would beat Comic Con. The only well, the only thing that's gonna be hard part is because like, uh, Midsummer Screen caters to the Halloween people. Comic Con caters to people like anime, movies, Marvel, Marvel movies, movies, this and that, yeah. you know. And then yeah, some Halloween stuff because there was like some horror stuff, you know. Eventually, I think like some if there's big production horror movies or thrillers, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll be episodes. Oh yeah, episode. yeah, dude. It's. It's really growing and it deserves everything. Like Rick West and all the team and everything like that that they that put it together. They work hard and it was so big this year. It just oh, it was geez. different. I love when the layout was different. Yeah. The Hall of Shadows, even though I got to see it for a little bit. It just felt it, well because I was working, but it just felt different this year. Even like an energy in the air, it's a different vibe. And I was just like yeah. not not a not a bad vibe, but I was like, Man, this is just it's a huge, it's like a monster now. It's like this is insane. Yeah, man. Um, it, it, it's, an, it's an amazing event. I always recommend everyone to go. If everyone ever wants to like get into the Halloween stuff, that's like the perfect spot to go to. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you can start off with Spook Show, so that way you're not like spending money on tickets. Yeah, you can check out. Check Mid out all that stuff, and then check out Midsummer Screen. You know. Mm -hmm. Which, speaking of Spook Show, I do want to kind of say that Spook Show Bazaar on yeah. like, the twenty first. Yep, September twenty first. Uh, I'll be there. So guys, come say hi. Rick, are you going? Um, I'm, I intend to. Yeah. I'm just trying to keep my weekends open. Uh, for those that know, I have to still do my... I, I got some business to take care of. Uh, of <laughs> I, yeah, I can't announce it yet because I made that announcement on another podcast. Oh, yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. So I, I, I have commitments this year for for Haunt, so um, I might have to be, have a couple of weekends. So two random questions. Yeah, man. First question. Um... If Scary Cat could work a haunt, I'm gonna give you three choices. Yeah. Out of three choices, and what character would you play? So your first choice, I'm gonna say yeah. Scary for. Um. Well, I'll let you pick up the three. So out of the three, out of the three, I name which haunt and what character or particular maze would you want to work in? Okay. So I'm gonna say Scary for. Yeah. I'm gonna say Dark Harbor. And I'll let you choose. I'm gonna say Universal because you haven't experienced the game right yet. So Universal, yeah. Dark Harbor. So Scary. basically, the big three. Yes. Um, Queen Mary, all the way. Okay, so if you were to pick Queen Mary, what would you see yourself doing, or what maze would you want to work? I would love to be in B340. Okay, so actually on the ship. On the ship. And which is actually yeah. haunted. Right. Because like okay. I, I've read a lot of scare actors I've met nah. said that they've experienced their own little frights of their own. Um, so I was like, yo, I kind of want to see if that's if that's true or not. You know what I mean? Because I believe in ghosts. I'm oh, yeah. wrong. I've had my experience. Um, that's my next question. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. Oh, you're good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, it's like you know. Um, so I want to see like what well, it's like. Like you know, I want to see how haunted it really is. So you would want to experience yeah. um, the actual paranormal activity. Or would you want to just be like a character, like that old timey character in that old maze? I would, I would do either one, man. I, 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 I 
to tell them, like, put me wherever. You know okay. what I mean? I'm, I'm an easy guy to work with. Uh-huh. So, Queen Mary, if you're listening, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can see you being, like, a, like, one of the creepy mimes in circus. I don't know why. I can, I can see that. I was, I was going to be, like, my second option. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, my second choice is, like, I would want to do circus because I'd, who doesn't like to be a clown? The dude. Yeah, you know, oh I just like God. to walk around, just like do like a little creepy laugh. I would do the like, creepy laugh. And all yeah, just, oh man, like I would go nuts and then make me a clown. Dude, like for real, like I'd try to punch some like little not punch. I'm oh, sorry, hold on. <laughs> I'd try to throw in some like one liners. Punch stuff. lines, yeah. Punch lines. There yeah. we go. One line. I try to throw some punches at the kids. I try to throw some punches at the all, kids. That clown just broke my nose. I know, right? Like it's scary, dude. It's, it's all. Don't you like clowns? Oh, oh shit. Oh man! Um, all right. Second question. I'm sorry. Second question. So, you've done you know the, the haunts, which are not real. You've done yeah. the extremes. Have you ever experienced actual like paranormal activity? What's oh, yeah. your most fun? I, I shouldn't say fun. Is most memorable experience with uh, paranormal activity? Um, I remember once I'm, my cousin used to live with us, mm-hmm. and she would always complain that every night um, her pictures would come off the shelf. Or, uh, like, she would have, like, certain things on one shelf, and then she would wake up the next morning, and it's on a different shelf. And she used to live with you guys. Yeah, she used to live with us. You know what I mean? And then she would say that the door would always be open, then it would close, then it would open up again, then it would close at random times of the night. <laughs> you know? And, um, it's, like, like crazy. And she was, like, saying, like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck to explain it. Like, you know? Was my that... grandma died in my house, so I think so it's her. Were, were those incidents or scenarios happening previously when she was she moved in or oh it happened like probably like like a few months after she moved in so it wasn't this act it, w- it was like right like in the middle between like previous to not that previous. okay so do you feel like maybe this was something that was attracted to her or I don't know okay, that's I interesting. don't know you know I, I used to think it was my grandma because the, what I was getting to is that um one night, she's like, I just don't know what it is, man. Like, I don't know what it is. I was like, I was like joking around. I had a tape recorder. I used to like, I was like really like OG when I was like in a band. I would like record <laughs> us. I would record my band play on tape. Uh-huh. Like, like the, all right. And then like, <laughs> like you know, like, like straight up and like you had to flip it to hear the, the next the cassette, track. The cassette tape. Yeah, the whole cassette tape, dude. Oh man, it was, it was horrible. But um, it was fun though. So I had one of those and mm-hmm. I put those on. And then my dad had a tape recorder too, but he had a digital one. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I had the red light on and everything like that. So I, I was like trying to mock like Zach Bagans. So this um, is like your attempt to catch like EVP. Yeah. Okay. And um, so I had an, an actual tape recorder and then I had a digital tape recorder. Okay. Uh, tape recorder didn't catch anything, but the digital tape recorder did. Really? Yeah. And it's going on at the same time. Uh, the only thing is the tape recorder didn't last that long because obviously the tape ran out. Okay. Because um, we left to a party that night. Okay. And we were coming back like two hours so later. So you left, you left the tapes recording? Yeah, we left okay. the tapes recording while we were gone. Okay. And you can hear like, you know, cars driving by and everything like that. Right. You know, um, like, you know, we have crackheads. You know, <laughs> we can hear them yelling around and stuff like that in the background. <laughs> um, but then, it gets all quiet. This is like the last 10 minutes of the digital tape recorder the digital recorder and I hear like a woman humming and the thing is my, my dad heard it and he's like that's your grandma that is that is it's creepy but at the same time it's comforting because it's a family she was always singing she was it was Mexican like mariachi music Vicente I don't know any of the other guys uh-huh. you're like people, I don't know <laughs> I, everyone knows Vicente I, who, who, who can blame him because right, he's right. so amazing um, 
I love these signs. I don't know what he's saying, but I love them. <laughs> um, you know, and like she was also like she was always singing around the house. So your dad picked up on that, huh? Yeah. Like he right away he knew. Right away, he he knows like my grandma's like around. Um, we were actually talking about it this morning too, because like um, she had a perfume, very very like you you know it was her perfume, very yeah. Like once you smelled it, oh that's grandma. That's grandma. And sometimes we smell it around the house. Like when I first moved into the room right next to the room that she died in, um, I was cleaning out the closet to put in my stuff, and I smelled her. I smelled her perfume in that closet, and that was it was amazing. We we, we all we, the family came over, like like you know my, the whole family, my mom, my dad. We all came into the room. You know, we're like, oh hey grandma, how you doing? Very, very comforting. Very wasn't... comforting and stuff like that. You know, I cried a little bit that night because I was like, you know, I miss her. You know? Right. Um, and stuff. And like, you know, the whole night I could smell it. Then the next day I go and it's not, it's not there no more. Yeah, and she was just saying hello. Just saying hello. Because yeah. I was basically her neighbor right there. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Because like it was like a room right next, right next to mine was the room that she died in. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. But anyway, so that was the one thing we hear is the humming. And then um, that perfumes up. That's another part of a paranormal story too. Um, mm-hmm. But like, then we hear the humming, and then we hear like a woman, like the same woman, whispering like, "I'm here." And I was like, "That is." So it said, it said something, and then I'm here. And then ooh, that would, that, ooh, that made yeah, me I, Dude, tell me about it. When I first heard it, I was, I dropped the, I dropped the recorder. I was like, "No, no." And I was like, "Dude," I showed my cousin, I showed my dad, and he was like. He was like, I know the first one's your grandma. I don't know what the second one is. You know what I mean? So it could be her, but we don't know. You, don't can never, know. you could never know. You can't be for sure. I mean, you can never, like, you know, like, assume, I mean, because, like, you don't know what's really out there, mm-hmm. you know? And then, um, yeah, so it, it was crazy. <laughs> and then that's, like, you know, I've always believed in ghosts. I've had other experiences along the way. A recent one, um, a recent one was when my other grandma died. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was like being mocked at. You know, people are gonna think I'm crazy after saying this. Right. I felt like being mocked at, but like an evil, evil thing. Because I was like, my, my grandma died. I wasn't able to say goodbye to her. But, uh-huh. um, it was it was nothing bad. I don't like you know. Uh, I had to take care. Of, uh, I had to, like you know take care of my little sister. I don't I don't like regret that. I wanted to be there with her because we had a, such a good day, distracting her from what everything that was going on. Right. So it's like, you know, I didn't mind, I didn't, I didn't mind being there. I, like, they, gave, they told me, like, hey, if you want to come on by, just come by. Like, no, I want to be here with the baby. She's having a good day right now. I don't want to ruin this for her. Right. Because by tomorrow, she's gonna, her whole world's going to crumble, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then, um, you know, then finally get the call. Hey, uh, Grandma didn't make it. You know, I'm sorry, this and that. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I started crying. And I was, like, mad. I was, like, just mad at everything. You know, I wasn't mad at God. I can't be mad at God. You know, he's done so much for me. But I was like, nah, and I was like, I was like, my partner said, like, this is the devil. This is the devil doing it. He's testing my faith. Right. He's thinking, like, oh, because I took away this this holy woman, because my, my grandma was like the church girl, you know, that, um, that, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna fall. He's gonna fall. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fall, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do that. I started yelling, like, I was like, I like, like, started yelling that shit. I was like, I'm not gonna fall. Mm-hmm. All right? And I, I was just like, I was like just yelling at what I thought was like this evil being there. Right. I heard like three knocks, like three knocks right after I started yelling. And then I, I believe at the time I was believing that what you're supposed to do is yell back, but you're not supposed to do that. I had a ghost hunter guy tell me like, no, you're not supposed to do that. Cause you don't know, you don't know what's coming out. You don't know what's, you don't what, know what, you're what, you're what that is. You're not prepared for that. 
and then um, yeah, and so and then so like yeah, I started yelling even more. I was like, I was like, hey, get out of this house! You are not welcome here. Right. And my girlfriend's holding me back because I'm gonna wake up my little sister and everything like that. But yeah, I definitely believe in ghosts and stuff like that. That's man. crazy, man. That's we, we could totally have a whole episode about yeah. Your I didn't mean to get like all emotional, but no, like, no, you're no, good. You're good. The experiences, you know. No, I could. I have so many stories as well, man. It's oh, just. Uh, that being said, um, you have a lot of projects coming up. A lot. And um, we're going to have to definitely revisit this and talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, we could talk for hours. Oh, okay. And you shared so much about you that I wanted to bring to people besides the Scared Nikad Vasquez persona. I wanted people to know about Justin. <laughs> so hopefully we're able to bring that to light. And, um, hopefully I didn't scare anyone away. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're good. Um, I'm just glad I got to experience who Justin is. From Justin, from being the five-year-old kid who, who suffered from cancer, to the, to the 50-year-old kid who discovered a passion that developed this creative outlet to YouTube photography, your videography. You're doing so much. People are talking about you. Um, you brought you brought so much attention to the Han community. You show much, so much love and passion. And um, a lot of people don't see that, but um, I do. And a lot. Of, and, wait, wait, let me correct that. A lot of people see that in the community. I do as well. Um, and you're doing it all out of passion and love. So that being said, I think we're going to wrap things up. Again, I want to thank my guest, Scaredy Cat uh, Vasquez, but I just call him Justin because we're friends. And um, thank you for tuning in. Hope you guys liked the episode. We definitely have some more. And if you have any questions, you guys are more welcome to question me. Uh, send me questions, or you can message me on Instagram at, at RickCreeper11. Go ahead and follow Justin as well, Scary Cat Vasquez on Instagram, YouTube, and anything else? Uh, just be on the lookout, man. This this haunt season is gonna be crazy. You Especially got, on Halloween, it's gonna be a dude. You have a lot going yeah. on. We'll, we'll talk about it uh, another, another time. I can't I can't release that info. Yeah. Um, I got something going on as well, and I can't talk about it yet, even though we both know. Yeah. But um, thank you for being on here. Thank you for introducing thank me to this world. Me. Thank you for everything you've done for me. Um, I think that's it. I think we're gonna wrap it up. Right, Your fucking ghost stories creep me out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go to bed. I'm like, no, I'm gonna light my candles and be yeah. like, well, Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> baby, that's the devil. <laughs> All right, brother, we're gonna wrap this up. And uh, I just want to thank for everyone to tuning in to this podcast. And if you have any questions or concerns, you're more than welcome to send me some questions, and I'll answer with them. Again, thank you, Justin, and go ahead and check him out on YouTube and Instagram, and. Uh, We'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Rick Creeper 11 from the Creepcast. Once again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and checking me out here on Anchor.fm, also on Spotify. But more importantly, if you want to know certain things about me or you want me to have certain guests or you just have questions or concerns about maybe starting your own podcast or things you want to suggest to me, go ahead and send me a question. You can send me questions right on here and maybe I'll make you part of the next episode or so. We'll see about that. Also, you can reach out to me on various uh, social media platforms. Is that the hard to get a hold of me? Rick Creeper 11. I think you guys can figure it out. But I would love to hear from you guys. I'd love for you to be part of my next episode or so. Hopefully the second one. Hopefully I got some time for that. <laughs> but anyways, thank you again for the support. If you got questions, send them my way. 
All right, everyone, have a good day, and thank you. Thank you.